<clears throat> we going? Yeah, there we go. Good evening. Uh, it is March 16th, 2023. Uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful week, a wonderful, a wonderful month of March. It's been a beautiful 10 degrees today here in Toronto. It was nice and balmy on my little walk home from, uh, from the GO station. Um, I'm going to start the show off uh, with the announcement that I have been uh, saying is coming over the course of today. Uh, and that is that as of March 31st of this month, this year, uh, scouting is over. Uh, that feels very strange to say. Um, I have been thinking for a long time over the course of the last few months uh, that I felt like I've kind of hit a wall. Um, that things have not really taken another step doing what it is that I want to do and the goals that which I want to achieve with this project. So... As of the end of this month, um, it's done. And I felt very bad about the idea of teasing reports and teasing potential content that was coming, knowing full well that not only am I trying to keep my, uh, keep my data a little more protected for myself, for my own purposes, um, but I also just wanted to I, f I felt bad about teasing something that I had been thinking might not happen. Um, and I figured that the time was right to change gears in my life a little bit. Um, so as of the end of the month, as I said, uh, there will be no more ports. The Patreon campaign will be suspended. Uh, what else is going on? <laughs> the YouTube membership program will also be suspended. The website will be gone. Um, pretty much everything will be removed. And there are reasons for that, but I'm going to keep those reasons to myself. Um, in any case, uh, I wanted to start the show, uh, just by thanking everybody after making that announcement that this is the end of the road for scouting. Um, it's been, God, I don't even remember when I started the, the Twitter page way back in the day where I was way too confident and thought I was smarter than everybody and, you know, just whatever. Um, it's been at least six years, six and a half years, and things have really changed in my life for the better since then. Um, Graham, yes, you can, you have until March 31st to pick up merch, but after that, the, the store will be closed as well. Everything's going to be done. Um, uh, I am so thankful. Uh, I, 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 my, my partner, uh, upstairs before the show said, you should look at your analytics and like, see what we've done together over the course of the last seven years. I mean, I've been making YouTube videos for going on four years now. Um, and it's crazy. I, I didn't really realize, but we're, we're pretty close to like a million total views on the videos and the live streams and everything. If you add on top all the podcast listens, I know there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast and car rides and everything. Um, I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of people who, uh, there's a lot of people who listen to that, to the show on the, on the podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if my, if this content has been watched, listened to whatever over a million times by people. And that blows my mind. Um, there are people, uh, my oldest childhood friend was the first patron of the project and he jumped on board within a week. 
Uh, if he's listening, I mean, I, I hope he, I hope he is. Uh, but you're great. Love you, bud. Uh, couldn't have, really, honestly, could not have done it without someone giving me a pat on the back to get going and saying, "Hey, this this could be a thing." You know, you never know. Give it a go. I'll help you out, and I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, same goes for my mom. My mom was one of my earliest financial supporters. Uh, and, and I'm, I, I just, it gives you motivation in a way. Um, and of course all the viewers, everyone, I mean, it's been incredible. Uh, the, the entire community on the discord server, uh, has been amazing. And unfortunately, um, just with a lot of things that have been changing for me personally, with regards to what my goals are and where I want to be and where I'm at in my life right now, um, I, I, there's just, it's, it's time for something to, to, to change. Um, it's all good though. I promise it's all good. Um, but it's, it's just, a it's a, it, it is time. And I, I didn't want to drag and make worse content, you know, this year, um, that, that would not be what everyone was expecting. Um, but we've come so far. We did so much. Um, I was able to hire an editor last year, which was incredible. Uh, a huge help for me and, and, and Andrew, I don't know if you're watching or listening, you were a huge help, uh, over the, over the course of last year. Um, everyone in the NHL, I don't know if you're listening or not, but the people in the NHL who I know who have been, I would say mentors, um, friends, uh, people who I've met for, for beers, for, for lunches, for whatever, when, when we're in, you know, at the draft or at any sort of hockey event that I've been to over the last few years, just giving me pointers, pointing me in the right direction, helping me out, you know, filling in gaps that I didn't even know that I had six years ago. Um, just, just such a massively supportive group of people that have helped me out and get to the point where I'm at, um, and get to this sort of inflection point. Um, it is, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to go on about this for, for, for forever. Cause I do want to have a great show. You know, I'm going to sit here and answer questions just like I always do. Um, th but this is going to be the last live stream of the year. I'm out of town next weekend. Um, and I, I, I'm out f next week, so I'm not around. Um, and so I'll stick around as long as it takes tonight to get through what we want to get through, uh, as a, as a, as a, as a see you later kind of thing. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, as of the end of the, at the end of the month, uh, that's going to be it. Everything will be wound down. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see where the future takes me, but you know, no, nothing too crazy, <laughs> but this is it. Um, and it's very strange to say that and, and, and say that out loud. Um, cause it's been something that's been percolating, percolating in my head for a very, very long time. Um, because I do have other goals in my life. I have other things I want to achieve and I, I, you know, I want to figure out my own way to get there from here. Um, I've learned a tremendous amount from pretty much everybody. I've taught myself a tremendous amount over the last few years. This has been an invaluable project for me in my life. I mean, it's, I started doing it because of some major, major personal shocks in my life, to be perfectly honest, that really put, put me in a different headspace with how I want to live my life. And this was something that came out of that. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I never expected to you know, have a, a million subscribers on YouTube or anything. I just needed it as an outlet. And the, the fact that there's people here who are listening and people who are, you know, paying attention and, and people who are, 
even the people yelling at me about the San Jose Sharks podcast I did last night and, and sending Connor Bedard to Anaheim in my hearts and dreams. I love it. I, I love it all. It's great, but uh, it's it's time for greener pastures. And uh, what that looks like, I'm not totally sure, but um, it, it is time. And at the end of the month, that's it. So with that out of the way, uh, we can have a great show. Uh, I guarantee we'll have a really fun show. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of great questions from you guys. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for what's coming, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, until then, you know, it's, it's going to be it at the end of the month. And I hope, uh, I hope you all, you know, I hope you all have a wonderful, a wonderful time without me. <laughs> it's, you're, you're probably going to be just fine. But, uh, anyway, in any case, um, Graham, yes, unfortunately, yeah, the discord is also going to disappear. Um, but I mean, Graham, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunately, it's just all got to go. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there, but, oh, I will say also for anyone in the discord server or who has, is a patron, uh, I will try to keep the fantasy team or the fantasy league running. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing that and, and I would love to stay a part of it, um, to stay connected. So, um, that will definitely still be a thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the main discord server that has run through Patreon since the Patreon campaign is going to end, uh, it's gotta, it's gotta get booted. So unfortunately, uh, unfortunately this is, uh, this is it for that. I mean, again, if anyone in the discord server wants to sort of boot up, uh, boot up their own and, and stay in touch with people by all means, uh, by all means go nuts. Um, I can't, I can't stop you. And, uh, you know, by all means, but, uh, for me on my end, I'm going to, uh, it's going to get uh, to use a word the Gen Zers use. It's going to get yeeted anyway. With that out of the way, I just, again, thank you so much. We'll, we'll go through another round of thank yous at the end of the show, but uh, huge thank you to everybody. It's just been an incredible five years of, of this and, and the, the streams and everything since 2019. I mean, I remember sitting on a live stream with four people for six straight months, uh, once a week, and not having enough to talk about and, and really wondering if it was all worth it. And now... I look back on it and it's been an incredible couple of years just doing as much work as I possibly can in the draft. And I look forward to whatever's coming next for me in this sport. Cause I love the sport. Uh, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep making moves and keep doing stuff. But uh, in terms of the public work and on YouTube and everything, it's going to, it's going to be it at the end of the month. So let's get into the questions for this. And again, we'll stick around until the cows come home if they ever come home. Uh, and uh, let's get into it. So let's, let's, let's get back to the, let's go to, let's go back to the start. Um, Matthew Nyes has been named Big Ten Player of the Year. Yes, he has, Brendan. Is he now the favorite for Hobie Baker? If voters took him over Fantilli, Cooley, or Snuggaroo, does he have to? How how does he fall behind them in the NCAA vote? So I am. I I feel like this happened last year, where Devin Levi won Player of his conference, or or the Hobie Baker, one or the other, and 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 uh dryden mckay won the hobie baker or player of their conference or something like that i can't remember um i would i mean i don't know i i think that i think the voting process is also different i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that the big 10 is like an internal thing and i think the hobie baker also includes external votes and everything i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure how the process works but i don't think it's a guarantee um, I mean, I'd be surprised if Matthew Nyes wins the Hobie Baker, but I was also very surprised to see him big win big 10 of the year. I mean, I can see maybe in a way how he did it, but I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch to me, but, uh, that's not a controversial take. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, Fantilli is the guy, I mean, I voted for Fantilli personally, 
uh, on the on the online poll that they did, and and I think he deserves it. But uh, I mean, look, I don't know. People are people are yelling about Matt Nyes. I mean, look, him or Cooley. I don't know if Snuggerud maybe is in the same level, but like any of those three guys, I think deserve it. Um, I'd argue. Like, uh, yeah, like those three guys, any of those deserve it. Devin Levi could probably get a really good look as well. He's been awesome again. I don't know. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's just an award. It's okay. We're all gonna, we're all gonna be fine. It's okay. It's controversial, but it's not the first time a controversial, uh, decision has been made. Um, if the World Cup of Hockey returns in February 2025, could Bedard and Fantilli be of national team caliber in their sophomore seasons? I think back to Taves and Doughty in 2010, and they were fantastic. I mean, I would think so. They would probably get a good look. Uh, I mean, I don't know about... It, I feel like Fantilli might have more of an uphill battle because, I don't know, maybe, maybe he would be on there. I mean, I would think Bedard will be on there. We'll see. I mean, I think both of those guys could be on the national team at the World Championships this year. And maybe that's sort of like a taste test of how they play against grown men. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting thought. Canada and their forwards are always really, really stacked though. And it's really tough to crack that, that line. But also at that point, these guys will be in their second season and you never know um, if they have phenomenal rookie seasons and get off and hit the ground running and like cement themselves as elite NHL players in their second years. Sure. Why not? Um, I've just seen more often than not Canadian teams erring on the side of veterans and, and, and older players, um, you know, and, and that's kind of unfortunate in a way, but it is what it is. Uh, Tony, I'm not even answering that question. Uh, we're good. We're, we're still cool, but I'm not answering it. Uh, Scott Nicholas. Hi. Thoughts on the Richie versus Musty versus Perot versus Height? They're all in the mix of first names that I don't hear too much about. Well, I mean, I don't know. They're all very different players. Uh, Callum Richie, I would probably put at the back of that list just because I feel like he's just very meat and potatoes in the OHL and that always gives me the it's it's kind of skittish for me. Like I, I've seen Richie a bunch of times this year and I think in one game was when I left that experience going okay yeah I can see what people are talking about with him the rest he's just been very sort of okay um not doing anything negative really but there's nothing really where I'm going oh this is what's going to make this guy special in the NHL whereas with the rest of the guys I think that you've highlighted I can definitely see things that they do that are really special like height is just a classic skilled high quality finisher um you know you draft him for his offense and I think there's enough skill there to make some production happen in the NHL. Musty, Quinton Musty, um, big physical guy, but also like when he dials back the physicality, he's also got a lot of finesse in his game. Um, you know, I think he needs to work on his skating a little bit. He's a little clunky, but you know, he can get moving pretty well and his ability to sort of drive plays to the inside and, and, and make plays from the perimeter is really high end. Um, you know, he's really creative with his, with his passing and, and a lot of things that for a guy, his, his age, like he's quite young and he's really big. And I feel like there's a lot to like with Musty. And I think if you give him a few years, he'll be a really interesting hockey player. Um, I don't know about like top line sort of guy, but I think as a, a middle six power winger with some, some skill as well to go along with it, I think he's got a lot of potential. Gabe Perot. Um, I had a long time, it took me a long time to sort of come around on Gabe Perot, and I feel like Gabe Perot 
is very smart. I think he might be one of the more intelligent anticipators of of pressure in the draft in terms of getting pucks around guys and and whatever i mean the real x factor with him is his skating right like i don't think it's good enough at all to drive results in the nhl yet so i think he's a ways away but his brain is really high end and the skill level is is not like again it's not super incredible like his skill he doesn't he doesn't dangle the pants off of guys every single night but what he does do is know when to do a dangle and how to do it in order to get the job done, which to me is even better. Um, and I, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think when you look at guys like on his line, like Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, I think he's just a very nice compliment to those two guys. I think that at the end of the day, those two guys are probably higher end players, but a guy like Perot fits in really well with those two. Um, and while all of those guys all have similar issues off the puck defensively and, and they kind of bleed shots against when they're on the ice relative to the lines that have Oliver Moore on them, in my experience, I think Perot is a very interesting player. I mean, if, if someone drafts a Gabe Perot like 15th overall, I'm sure there are some people who will go, oh, that's a bit of a reach and it might be, but I feel like if you give him a few years, you know, you give him some time, uh, he'll he'll turn into a really good sort of complimentary offensive player and i mean complimentary in a in a complimentary fashion like in a good way um you know he won't dazzle you but he'll just make the right plays a lot of the time make that extra pass that makes things more dangerous just a really interesting smart crafty boy uh which team do you least want to win the bedard draft lottery from a development or entertainment value perspective hmm i don't like that question cuz it makes me it makes me think I'm going to make people mad. Um, I feel like St. Louis and Bedard don't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, I wouldn't be too upset about Arizona, like Logan Cooley teeing up Connor Bedard or having those two guys as a one-two punch would be crazy. Um, I know people are going to like say Philadelphia and I don't know. I don't think Bedard would be a great fit in Philly, um, but I don't think it would be that bad bad it would just be a matter of like how Danny Briere sees him I mean Danny Briere was very similar to a guy uh I mean Dan not similar to Bedard but like undersized and more skilled and so if you have that guy as GM he probably understands what's going on uh, a little bit a little bit and and probably wouldn't really mind a guy like Connor Bedard on his team but I don't know I feel like St. Louis is a weird match but also St. Louis does like feisty boys and Connor Bedard is underratedly feisty I just I don't know there's something about St. Louis that just feels a little off to me but I I don't know I'm being I'm being picky and I don't like being picky at teams but also uh you know who's had a lot of fun in the draft recently and doesn't need more fun like Detroit they've got a lot of fun stuff out of the draft in the last few years they've had enough fun they've been bad long enough uh, <laughs> Red Wings fans are going to love that. Um, my little, my little departing present, my little gift. Um, okay. Uh, Minchukov seems to be thriving in a more structured setup in Ottawa. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, uh, when I was on, um, the OHL podcast with Kyle Watson, uh, he asked me about Minchukov specifically, and I spent some time watching some tape of Minchukov this year with Saginaw and some time watching him with Ottawa I don't know if it's so much that there's like more structure in Ottawa, but I think it's more that like he is picking his spots a little better. Like he's not necessarily thinking offense, 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 offense all the time in Saginaw. Like he was in Saginaw. Like I feel like he was leaning into sort of being that offensive defenseman a lot more when he was with Saginaw this year. And with Ottawa, 
I think he's just sort of picking his spots a little better. Like he's doing a lot more sort of sneaking around the offensive zone, like especially off the puck, sort of, you know, drifting up from the blue line and going back door and having someone cover for him. Like there's a little bit more of that than I remember seeing with Saginaw. So it's just like sort of deploying him in a bit of a more sneaky way that maybe limits the raw offense out of him, but like maybe gives him a bit more of an ability to sneak around a little more. I don't know how to explain it, but that's kind of how I see it a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't say I've seen a tremendous amount of tape of that guy with both of those teams this year, but he's definitely leaning into the offense quite a bit more from what I remember than with Saginaw and with Ottawa, I think he's kind of found a bit more of a balance, but they're sort of giving him the freedom to go, you know, instead of attacking directly off the blue line with the puck on your stick, um, then, uh, then you can just sort of sneak up there and, and sort of find open space and, and you can be a backdoor option or a, 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 a playmaker deeper in the offensive zone off the puck. Um, <laughs> Matt Nye's winning the Big Ten Player of the Year is a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's controversial, but like I don't think it's that insane. I mean, it, I mean I don't know. It would be Maybe it would be like giving the, the, the Hart Trophy to like Alex Tuck this year. It's like, okay, I don't get it, but like whatever. <laughs> um Matt Maggio just got his 50th goal and 104 points on the season in the O, essentially locked up as the league leader. Would Last year, Wyatt Johnston had 124 points. Could you see this as an indicator that he will be similarly effective for the Islanders like Johnston has been for the Stars? I don't think I don't think you can really do that. I mean, first of all, 124 points is about 20% more. That's, that's a very large difference. Um, 124 points, especially when you went to the World Juniors. I, I think you went to the World Juniors last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I don't know. Like, also, Matt Maggio, technically, I think, is an overager. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really like to... Com- yeah, so technically, Matt Maggio is an overager, quote-unquote, this year. He's turning 21 this year. Oh, sorry about the colors. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. Um, I really like Matt Maggio though. Like, I think he could be like a, a good offensive sort of guy down your lineup that can play with some energy and a lot of skill. Like I like him. Um, I don't think it's impossible that he's an NHL, that he, that he's an NHL player of some kind. Um, but, but the immediate Wyatt Johnston comp seems a little bit of a reach. Um, and I'm glad that you agree with me on, on Colby Bar Colby Barlow, maybe not being the top 10 guy everyone says he is. Cause I've watched him again recently. And I, I also am not totally sure that reminds me podcast listeners. I'm sorry. On the last podcast I'm doing, uh, I didn't read out the players I tracked to close out, uh, this year. Um, so we looked at Isaac Hedquist, uh, in Sweden again. He's pretty good. Uh, Matt Wood with the university of Connecticut. I'm sure you all know who he is. Um, he stayed the same on my list. Nate Danielson. He also stayed the same. Uh, I bumped Axel Sandin Palika down to like the mid first after watching another game of him in the SHL. Uh, Zach Benson stayed the same. Gabe Perot moved him down a slot, but he's still in my first round. Bo Aiki, I moved him down quite a bit. I hadn't seen him in a long time, and I think I just had him too high, but that's okay. Uh, I did a game of Matthew Mania, I think. Maybe I did that, and I, I don't think I actually did a game of Matthew Mania. I think I wrote his name down and then forgot to do it. Uh, I did a game of Lucas Dragasevich and moved him up quite a bit, but he's still in my second round. Callum Ritchie moved him down a few spots. Uh, Mikhail Gulyayev, he stayed the same. Charlie Stramble stayed the same. Carter Southern, I took him off the list. 
Uh, for now, at least, I'll do another go around and we'll see where that goes. I moved Kerry Terrance up a little bit uh, with with Erie. Uh, I took a look at Swedish winger Dennis Altorn. I took a look at uh, Sibirsky Sibirsky kid uh, uh, Yegor Klimovich. Uh, and then I finished the week with Otto Stenberg and uh, Gennady Chali. So Stenberg stayed the same, Chali stayed the same, and I added Yegor Klimovich to this to the to the to the to the list because he was really good. Um, and I'll certainly be doing more games before the end of the year. Uh, anyway, uh, Liam, am I going to the draft? I went last year and it was great. So going again, yes, I will be at the draft this year. Uh, who do you believe the flyers will target in the five to seven range? I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I mean, the scouts, I believe are still the same. Everything is the same. I believe the only person who has been replaced is the general manager. So I'll put let's, mm, I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia likes the dudes with size. Uh, they drafted Cutter Goche last year at five. Um, I, I don't know, uh, Leo Carlson, if he's there, I doubt he will be. And if Leo Carlson isn't there, uh, David Reinbacher, I mean, I could see the flyers going for a David Reinbacher. That would be a hot take, but it would be very interesting. Uh, if Grayson Sachin, Andrew Crystal and Dmitry Simashev are all there, who would you take for Toronto? Uh, technically I have Crystal highest. But you would really, to me, it would come down to Crystal and Simashev. Um, I really like Grayson Sachin, um, but he's just number three for me on that. I really think that the Leafs could do a lot of good work with Andrew Crystal. Simashev, I mean, I love him. I, I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if Toronto used a first-round pick on Simashev. But I mean, Kyle Dubas, I believe, alluded to the fact that they kind of need to draft more defensemen for their team and. If that were the case, I feel like Simashev would be on that list because otherwise they're drafting, like, maybe a Tanner Molendyke. You know, they drafted Brandon Lazowski off Saskatoon last year, and I think Molendyke might be an acceptable pick at the, in the late first. But, like, if Crystal's on the board, I feel like if you're Toronto and you had a lot of confidence in your development staff, then, yeah, you could do a lot. Uh, thoughts on the QMJHL banning fighting? <laughs> I don't see how it's a problem. Um, there's unbelievable amounts of evidence out there that fighting is bad for your health and being punched in the head is bad for your health and you're dealing with children right like a lot of the people in you know in the qmjhl are children their brains aren't done developing and the fact that we tolerate allowing children to punch each other in the head in an athletic context feels very wrong to me um i mean the fact that we allow it in a, in a sport where it's a penalty to do so is a little strange, but I don't know. Like if you're an adult, you're an adult. If you want to punch someone in the head and take the penalty for it, whatever. But I feel like for kids, it shouldn't be allowed. I, I, I mean, the last thing I want to see is some kid hitting their head and, and I mean, it's happened, but not at the QMJHL level, not at the major junior level from what I can remember, but you don't want head injuries with 17, 18 year old kids. I mean, I wasn't, I remember being a kid in Toronto and a kid uh, getting dropped on his head. I think, I think, was it Casey Sezikis who was actually the kid who did this? And it was an accident. But they were playing rugby and he dropped a kid on his head and the kid died. Like, I remember that happening. And it was like a massive tragedy in Toronto. And like, I believe they've changed a bunch of rules about how rugby is played at the junior level in Canada, at least. Um, so to me, I, I personally just don't see a problem with it. I personally just think fighting in hockey is dumb anyway. Um, I, I mean, I'm not on the ban hitting bandwagon. I'm not on that bandwagon at all. 
but I am on the we have to protect people's brains bandwagon. Um, even if players are okay with it, uh, I, I don't know. I still just fundamentally disagree with the idea that we should be totally okay with that. So in any case, um, yeah, I, I don't know. People are going to get very up in arms about it and call kids soft and whatever, but like what else is new? People have been calling kids soft since like 1642, right? Like, I don't, I don't know, like whatever it is, what it is. People are going to keep talking and keep talking. But to me, I don't really see a problem. I, I see it as just, a th- you know, it's, it's probably long overdue. Um, and y- you know what? It maybe the kids will find other ways to figure it out. I mean, fighting in junior leagues is also relatively rare anyway, because they've also added a bunch of penalties on top of just sitting in the box for five minutes for doing it. And, and like the leagues are just fine, right? Like you, you know, it's just fine. And I, I don't know. I, I, I believe there is a line between being dangerous and being competitive. And to me, I, I think that this moves thing more moves things more properly in the competitive direction rather than than dangerous. Um, what do you think of Lardis's jump in production since going to the Bulldogs? Does does anything stand out in your viewings or the analytics? Um, so I have done one game of him with the Bulldogs. I have done more than that with the Peets. Um, honestly, I don't really know <laughs> what has changed for Nick Lardis. I think with Lardis, he's with with Hamilton, what I noticed in the game that I did, again, I have another one lined up to do in the next little bit, but my hunch is that he's moving the puck a little more himself. You know, in Peterborough, he was much more of a, I'm going to find space around the net and shoot the puck. And he's really good at shooting the puck, and he scored a lot of goals. So the fact that he's still scoring a lot of goals doesn't really surprise me. I think on top of, I, I think he's just distri- distributing the puck because in Peterborough, he wasn't really doing that a whole lot. Um, and at least not at the beginning of the year. Um, and I, I feel like he's also just getting more ice time. I think with Hamilton, I think he's been bumped up the lineup relative to where he was in Peterborough. And I think that that also really helps him. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to his raw shooting talent, which I think, I mean, if you look at the OHL, I think he's one of the better shooters you could draft out of the OHL. But I also think that he's one of these guys that could score a lot in junior and maybe, struggle a little bit beyond junior just because of how he plays outside the offensive zone and and the lack of size that he has he's really light on his feet um and really requires sort of open ice to get his chances and everything so we'll see on lardis but i mean he is kind of outperforming what i expected uh going into this season um or going into playing with hamilton um but i've been a fan all year i've liked him with peterborough and I'm, i'm pleasantly surprised with how he's doing um, first overall pick in my fantasy draft Saturday, you take Slavkovsky or Cooley. I probably go Cooley unless it's like your league really values hits and blocked shots and, and, and all those auxiliary things. But if you just, if you're in points only, it's gotta be Cooley. Um, if it's like points and like power play points and shorthanded points and blah, 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 probably Cooley as well. Um, all of you writing nice messages. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I will certainly take it all to heart. Yes, for sure. Um, I don't know why exactly, but it feels like Samuel Hansik is literally Yura Slavkovsky. The way he moves around the ice reminds me a ton of him. I've seen that too. A little bit. I mean, maybe ramped down a little bit. I think Slavkovsky was a, a better sort of generator of speed than Sam Hansik is, um, but he's not bad at it. Um, I think I think they're comparably skilled, um, but I also think that, that Slavkovsky showed a lot of ability to protect the puck and get off the boards a little bit better than Hansik. Um, but I, I see echoes there. I see what you're getting at. And I feel like they're similar sort of projects, uh, long-term. 
Um, yes, unfortunately, Whitney's Mill Tank, my arch enemy from when I was a child. No more draftathons. Yes, unfortunately, those are over too. Um, what were my goals I wanted to achieve with scouting? Honestly, like I feel like now that I'm sitting here thinking about it on the other side of the announcement that I'm done, uh, I kind of achieved almost everything I could possibly want to achieve, right? I've learned a tremendous amount of the game from people who watch my content, from people who message me after in the NHL and outside the NHL who have feedback and thoughts and really prod me a lot. Um, cause I, I wasn't really a high level hockey player growing up. I mean, I've watched a ton of hockey and I've manually tracked over 2000 games over the last three years, four years. Um, and so in terms of like this, I've kind of reached the goals that I wanted to reach. I mean, my, I think my ultimate goal was to make like this business, like my day-to-day -day job didn't get to that point, but that's okay. That's, that's fine. Um, but you know. It, it, the 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 I, I just wanted to be more intertwined in hockey. I wanted to understand everything I could understand, study the sport. Um, you know, I, I've read books about it, and I've just tried to teach myself as much as I possibly can. And uh, I wanted to share my thoughts with people and see where it goes. Um, but that's really it. Um, what tier would your top three from last year be in this year's draft? Uh, probably in this range, like with Mitchkov, Carlson, Moore, and Smith. I, I would say that Cooley would be uh, towards the higher end of this. I'd probably put Cooley between Mitchkov and Carlson. I'd probably put Shane Wright after Will Smith as well as Brad Lambert, probably. Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to send you so many. It's okay. You can ask him any questions as you want. What picks do you think looking back were your best based on your pick versus where they went and how they developed? Um, it's a very good question. Uh, it's also hard to say because a bunch of these guys, they're not done developing. But, I mean, <laughs> I really wish I was around uh, working in the NHL in, like, 2015 because that was when it was, like, easy mode to, like, pick through NHL drafts and, like, just pick guys who were really good. You know, like, getting a getting a, Dimitri, uh, 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 a Rasmus Anderson at 34. Um, to me, I really liked Mitch Van de Sample, and I think injuries kind of sidelined his career just when he was about to hit the NHL. Kirill Kaprizov would have been a third round pick for me. I mean, you just draft the really good Russian who's producing in the KHL as a 17 or 18 year old and call it a day. Um, you know, I think, I think a guy that, I think there's a lot of guys that taught me lessons about why you have to sort of set aside production. And there's also guys where I'm still sitting here going like, I'm surprised no one's given them a chance yet. You know, Jerry Turkalainen is almost a point per game on a team that is not very good in, in the Liga, and he's been very good for years over in Finland. Um, Linus Newman, I think, is still a pretty good option for an energy guy down your lineup, and he's played pretty well over the last few years. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Um, you know, but there's also some guys where there are lessons, I think, right? Like I look at an Igor Shviryov, a, 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 an MHL high-scoring guy who – didn't really work out, and when I started really paying attention to him in the KHL, I saw, okay, it's pretty immediate that you can tell that this guy's probably not an NHL player. Uh, same thing with the a when he was in the AHL. Um, you know, uh, what else is going on here? I don't know. I mean, there's a there's it's there's a lot I've learned for sure. Um, I have also learned that with my goaltending picks, I seem to be good at it with Vladar, Burden, and Nikolaev. Uh, I don't pick a lot of goalies, but when I do, there you go. Um, 
what else? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I've also learned how important it is that like different teams value guys differently and that can artificially move them around depth charts and everything and all that fun stuff. It's been an interesting ride. Um, trying to do this. And I, I think in my own time, I'll continue to do this just for fun. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, inter- it's, it's been a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and I, I mean, when I look back, there's not a whole lot of guys where I'm like, damn, I really thought I, this one player who has worked out, I definitely saw that coming. Uh, and I'm dumb for not going in that direction. I mean, you know, I think looking back, maybe that was me with Jonathan Dolan over uh, Alex Debrinkat in 2016 or 2015, 2016. But I also look at Jonathan Dolan and go, he wasn't handled very well. Like he he had like a mental health crisis in his NHL development. And like, I feel like you shouldn't have that situation. Like I get it. Maybe part of him is just like, I don't ever want to play anywhere but at home. But he was a very, very talented young player, and he's a very talented SHL player now. Um, and I feel like the right, just the right handling, probably could have done a lot of, a lot of, uh, done a lot of a, di- a big difference. Um, doo, doo, doo. as someone who's become a multi-season listener, I wish you the best. Thank you, Pizza Machine. That's a username I don't recognize, so uh, I don't know if you've been lurking, but yay. Um, for Lambert, it's clear to many that hockey sense isn't a strength, but you've said different. Uh, you've said things like he needs to make different types of decisions, not force it. When can you just say he has poor sense and feel? Well, I mean, look, man, he's like absolutely shooting the lights out when he's got guys to play with. Um, when I've seen Brad Lambert with Seattle this year, it's not like, you know, he's a guy who's got 18 assists in 21 games. Um, again, sorry about the colors being blown out. That's weird. Um, I don't think he has poor hockey sense at all. I just feel like once you put him with talented players, he has more output. Like he's had some incredible moments with Seattle. Um, I think it's way too early to, to call me wrong, (laughs) especially, uh, oh, and you say, don't reference his production in Seattle and say, yeah, he seems to be doing pretty good. If you ask me, I'm, I'm saying like he's, if he, if he were in Seattle, like in Seattle, like, I don't know. He's scoring for a reason. And what I articulated last year about his hockey sense is I'm not sure what else he was supposed to do, right? If you look at the data that I've tracked and it's in the video, his team was not shooting the puck like ever because they couldn't get the puck to him to do anything with. When they did shoot, he was taking those shots. When he when someone else was shooting, far more often than not, he was setting up those shots. There are certain things that he can do that are bad habits, right? Overhandling skating too much into the corners and not giving himself many options. But to me, I sort of look at that and go, yeah, but the talent level is so enormous that like, you know, like again, if, if Brad Lambert were a WHO player last year and he's scoring at a, I don't know what point pace this would be like a hundred points. He's scoring at like a 100 point pace as the, as a late first round draft pick fans would be thrilled if he, if he had 18 assists in 21 games in, in the first 21 games, as well as 14 goals, not a soul would be questioning his hockey sense. Um, I have no concerns about his hockey sense, right? Like, especially like I, I found a lot of people last year criticizing him back checking and criticizing his lack of, of compete. I saw the exact opposite, hundred percent, the exact opposite. That guy works. He uses his speed defensively. I don't know. I, I just fundamentally disagree. I just fundamentally disagree with the criticism that he has no hockey sense. 
Um, I, I just think that now he's been given guys that he can give the puck to, and he's been given guys who can spot him on a rush, and he has the speed to and, and the finishing ability to break in alone and, and score goals and, and do whatever he needs to do. So, I don't know. I, 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 I just fundamentally disagree. Uh, Who's going to be the better offensive player between Benson, Stiernik, and Richie? Probably Benson. I would say Benson and Stiernik. I, I think Richie, if he has a really good supporting cast, could score points, but I feel like he's more of just a two-way physical guy with a bit of skill. Uh, how good is Matt Nyes? Clearly, he's the best, um, <laughs> but he's good. Matt Nyes is good. Uh, he's a good hockey player. Um, he's a he's a good modern power forward. He's got some skill. Um, he's he's resilient. He's he's quick. Um, there's a lot to like about Matt Nyes. I think the hype train is a little bit out of control, but he's very good. He's a very talented player. I feel like in Toronto's sort of middle six, you know, a good third line power winger. I think that easily could be a job that he holds down. On a, on a competitive team like Toronto. The Wings have three second-rounders in the top half. Any high upside center swings? I'm thinking Pinelli or Stenberg if they fall. Yeah, I mean, those guys will probably be available there. You could do that. William Whitelaw is another option. Um, Grayson Sochin could be a great option. I think he's played the wing every game I've tracked of him. Um, who else? Uh, I like the idea of Denver Barkey as a good sort of offensive guy uh that you could swing on that that has some potential um if you wanted to take a swing on a bigger guy i really like martin mishak um and he plays center i think he's played wing off and on this year but when he's playing center i, f- I feel like he could play center at the end of the day anton Wahlberg, like detroit loves their swedes anton Wahlberg could be a really interesting option he's a good he's a good player who's played up the middle off and on this year uh david edstrom as well feels like i mean he plays with frolinda so there's lots of connections there for Detroit, and I feel like he's a smart sort of puck-managing guy. Maybe not a huge high upside player, but a good center option if you wanted to reach in the, in the second round. Uh, but you, yeah, I mean, those are the guys that probably jump off, jump off the page to me, um, as well as Pinelli and Stenberg. Um, Tyler, oh, thank you. Uh, Tyler, uh, 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 what's it called? A uh, dedicated member of the channel. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, is there any chance at a live mock draft? Uh, no, uh, it's at the end of the month. It's going to be it. Uh, everything, everything goes poof. Um, who are your top three fav- favorite players to watch and which teams do you hope draft them? Favorite players to watch probably would be Gavin Brindley, Oliver Moore, and Timur Mukhanov. Just because they're insanely high-paced players, they get up and down the ice so quick and so skilled. Um, you know, I, I mean, they both play really hard at both ends of the ice. Um, they drive really, really good results. Uh, I have really high hopes for all of them. Um, and yeah, those are the three guys I think I've enjoyed the most watching this year. Um, if I, In terms of guys where I'm like, this is a hoot, like a ton of fun, a guy like Daniil Boot also is up there just because he's huge and really skilled and a great shooter. And there's a lot of so-so, I mean, there's a lot of questionable stuff that happens with him, but the potential I think is enormous. Like if he goes really high in the draft, I would not be surprised. Um, Did you check out Ryan Conmey? I did briefly. I liked him. I haven't seen a tremendous amount of him, but him and Caden Sheehan are, are good players on, on Sioux City that I've liked. I didn't get time to take a detailed look at Conmey, but but I certainly will before the end of the year. Um, and I, I took a few. I took a look at. I did a. I watched a game and a bit of him. And yeah, like I mean, I don't know. I I didn't. I didn't come away being like this is what's going to make this player special. But he's not bad. He's a good player. Um, but yeah, I'll 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 take a closer look for sure. 
What's the distance between Fantillion Carlson and do you think Cole Cylinder, Coke Cylinder, sorry, will bounce back and reach his potential? Well, I mean, you have to, you ha- you, you kind of have to believe that a 19-year-old Cole Cylinder or 20-year-old Cole Cylinder is going to bounce back and get, become a better hockey player. The team around him isn't great and he's not playing a ton of minutes. I imagine he'll be fine. Um, between Fantilli and Carlson, I see a pretty decent sized gap, but I wish I could blend the two players together a little bit. I think Fantilli's gotten a little bit more of that Leo Carlson trademark resilience in his game. Carlson, I think, is going to be a slower burn over a few, a bit longer of a period, um, especially if you want like really high end offensive output out of him. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I like them both, um, but I think there's a bit of a gulf. I mean, now I have Mitchkov between them. Um, you know, Mitchkov has really shot up my board since going to Sochi. Um, and between the two of them, yeah, I, I, I think there is a bit of a gap. Um, I have to ask about Jaeger. He looks like a complimentary player to me when I focus on him, but I've heard comparisons to McKinnon and Bergeron from others, and I'm wondering if you're missing something. No, um, I think he could be a complimentary scoring winger, you know, uh, a decent up and down guy who can shoot. Uh, the data I've got on him is very mixed. Uh, there are lots and lots of players who have just at the same level generated significantly more. Um, and McKinnon and Bergeron comps, I think are ridiculous personally. I think they're completely insane. Um, Detroit also got the New York Islanders first round pick this year or next because Vancouver's management is dumb. So yeah, Detroit could have some fun if it gets a top three pick. That is true. Which draft eligible players are best at each of your categories? Oh, geez. Uh, I'd say in terms of thinking, it's mm, a good question. Uh, maybe Oliver Moore, maybe, let me check. Let's see. I don't, who have I even rated? I don't even think I've rated that many guys already this year. There are some placeholders. Um, yeah, I've got Oliver Moore really high right now. So we'll say him. Griffin Erdman's another one who I think is really smart and good. Felix Nilsson from time to time, I'd say. David Edstrom is also a really smart hockey player, but I'd say Oliver Moore is probably at the top. Um, in terms of moving around the ice, uh, I mean, Gavin Brindley is up there, I would say. Adam Fantilli. Um... Where's Bedard? Yeah, Bedard. I'd say Bedard, Fantilli, Moore, and Brindley are all up there. They're I think they're fantastic in that area. Um get uh in terms of getting the puck back, Dmitry Simashev, I think, is right up there. Uh who else? Martin Mishak, Griffin Erdman. Yeah, Griffin Erdman, I'd say, is up there. He's been a ph- phenomenal in some areas off the puck. Um, Simashev probably is the winner there. Um, the pass category, uh, I'd say Will Smith, Andrew Crystal, Connor Bedard. Uh, and then, like, the shoot category is obviously going to be Connor Bedard. Uh, I, I don't know who else is as good a shooter as him. I mean, Fantilli's an excellent shooter as well, but I think Connor Bedard is just sort of a, a step ahead. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's all of them. Uh, would you shut down the YouTube channel tomorrow if you got to be head scout in Arizona and got to make every call yourself? Yeah, obviously I would do that. That'd be an incredible job. I'd I'd have a ton of fun doing that. I mean, I, I can give you the list of players I would have drafted if I was Arizona last year. I would have not traded all those picks, uh, to get Connor Geeky. And I could tell you those, the guys I probably would have looked at and, uh, I'd be looking pretty decent right now, uh, if I was them. 
but Maverick Clamor is cool too. Uh, hello, uh, Aslan. What's going on? I've always said your channel's underrated. Well, thank you very much. Uh, maybe I'm just too hardcore for the average fan. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> thoughts on Height and Cagnoni from Man Man Man. Good username. I like that one. Uh, so Riley Height is interesting. Uh, oh, we got a super chat. Thank you, Registrar. Uh, ooh, I got fun money, Australian dollars. Uh, I'll answer your question after this one, I promise. I won't I won't forget this time, I swear. Um, yeah, so Riley Height is an interesting one. I mean, there's a he's a player who I've always wanted more out of because I know it's there. Um, if he doesn't have the puck, it's kind of a mixed bag. He just kind of disappears for extended stretches. If he does have the puck, he, I, I just want to see him moving his feet more. I want to see him pushing guys onto their heels a lot more. I want to see him challenging guys a lot more because it seems very withdrawn. And then he all of a sudden is like, oh, holy crap, look what I can do. Like, he kind of reminds me a lot of Dawson Mercer in that sense, um, which, you know, I have, high, I, I have height in my top 20. I don't think he's going any lower than that on my list. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like him. He's just a guy that's kind of been frustrating over the course of the year. Uh, Luca Cagnoni, he's going to be very interesting. I think over the next few years, cause I, I, he's one of the more skilled defensemen in the draft, I would say. But, um, I really do think that there's issues with him, like his defensive game, you know, he's not absent defensively. And I don't know if it's so much a Portland thing or a him thing, but, all he really does is stretch the ice, even when there's very clear options in front of him. And he just hands pucks over constantly. Um, you know, there's a I, he's one of the more involved offensive transition defensemen I've tracked, but that's because he's icing it a lot, unfortunately. Um, but the, the skill is there. I think the skating ability is there. I think he should be a first-round pick, but I don't think he's going to go in the first round. And I feel like he could be one of these guys that goes in the second round and fans get really excited about over the next couple of years. Um, maybe flies under the radar a little bit and then, uh, explodes and, and, and for production and, and then in the NHL, hopefully becomes a really good offensive, uh, offensive defenseman. Where do you stand on the NHLE versus eye test spectrum? If you were to ignore your own tracked stats, how would you weigh the two? That's a great question. Very suitable, uh, suited, very suitable for tonight, considering we're, uh, calling it a day after this, uh, after this month, where do I stand? So it really depends. I think I think you have to be extraordinarily careful over relying on one or the other. Um, I, over the years, I started out being indignant and I would say maybe a little insufferable about leaning into the data too much. And one of the most fascinating exercises for me since 2016, 2015, has been to look at the guys who scored a lot when they were draft eligible and didn't work out and exploring why. And the guys that did the opposite didn't really score a whole lot, didn't really play a major role, and then all of a sudden they're in the NHL. And there's a lot more of the former than the latter, and so I spent a lot more time exploring that. Um, you have to be very careful with data in general, right? Like, I say this all the time to people, points are great, but points are a reward for a number of good things happening. Um, points points are, are a reward for good things happening. Sometimes those good things are your fault. Sometimes they are line mates' fault. Sometimes they are the fault often of people who don't get a point. Often they might be the fault of the goaltender you're shooting on or a poor defensive play, especially at the junior level. Like quality of competition really matters. And yes, I think it is true that on the whole, if you say draft based on production alone, 
you'll probably do just as well as an NHL team. I would say that that is arguably true. But to me, my whole the whole point of doing what I do is to say, okay, 60% of players that score 100 100 points in the WHL end up 500 player or 500 games played NHLers. Okay. What happened to the 40%, right? If they were the elite of the elite in their draft year in the WHL, what happened to the rest of them? And why aren't they in the NHL? So it's really important to just go, okay, yes, the probability of just blindly looking at points. Sure. On average, it would be in your favor, but if you're dealing with a first round pick, for example, that is your life, right? Like if you whiff on a first round pick, that can cost you your job. And so you better know, right? You can't go to your GM and be like, well, my model says there's a 60% chance this guy plays 500 games. Cause then they're going to go, well, that's not very good, right? That, that's not a very good model. I don't like that. Um, and so to me, I just sort of look at it and go beyond that. And I, oh my God, I just forgot about the, the super chat question. I apologize a million times. I will uh, answer it after this. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like it really, I, I don't know if I can say I blend the two, but I definitely pay a lot more attention to how the player drives the results they generate, right? And so I feel like it's on a case-by-case basis. And there are certain players for sure who score a lot of points. And I mean, I, I have guys on my list that aren't ranked that are scoring a lot of points. Like Noah Dower Nilsson, I don't have him ranked. But I have David Edstrom ranked, and he scores a lot less. And there's a reason why. Um, so in any case, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you can just look at a hockey player and say this is going to work out for them. But I also don't think you can just look at their production. For me, I look at their production. I look at where those points are coming from how those points are being generated relative to their team. It's all about context, right? And when I track the data, I then can more concretely look and go, okay, here's how this is happening. Okay, great. Now I know. Now I'm aware of how this is happening, and that's great. I, I know what I'm doing here. And I can sort of fall back on that. But also there's a lot of situations where it's like, yeah, but the player looks a lot better than their production indicates. And like maybe there are patterns where it's like, well – they have trouble getting across the blue line uh, and here's why, or they have trouble getting off the boards and getting into the middle of the ice and getting more dangerous scoring chances, but everything else looks great. Um, and they might not score a lot. Like Griffin Erdman's a great example of that. A not super high scoring guy who does so many things right where I'm going, yeah, I could see a situation where in a few years you just tweak a few things and you get a lot better. Um, so I hope that answers your question a little bit. I'm happy to expand on it because it is something I could talk about for like, an hour because it's literally what I've been trying to teach myself for four years. <laughs> as soon as I started realizing that like points weren't everything because they absolutely are not. Um, okay. Super chat question. Hello. Thank you. Registrar. Always a wonderful supporter. Uh, I know you're leaving, but it's because you finally got a scouting, a scouting job with the Canes. Uh, yay for Yegor Klimovich on the list. Thoughts? Uh, no, it is not a scouting job with the Canes. There's no job. Uh, no job. It's just, it's time to move on. Um, and yes, Klimovich was very good. Uh, I watched him a little bit earlier in the year, and I know people have asked me about him over the year, and I feel like I watched him a few times at the beginning of the season, and I didn't really see a whole lot. But now it seems like he's really gotten a lot better. I mean, the edge work that he's got, his ability to gain body positioning on guys for a small kid, small kid. It's, it's really impressive. Um, you know, he's able to spin off pressure really well. His skill, his skill level is really high. 
and and just ability his ability to sort of send slip passes uh through traffic and everything is really good um the game i tracked was i mean his team kind of got pummeled when he was on the ice a little bit but similar to a guy like brad lambert uh a lot of the offense was coming off of his stick and he had like five slot pass attempts and none of them worked but they were all sort of the right idea you know making plays below the goal line and trying to get pucks out in front and whatever like he had some nice rushes and i would love to see more of that in the rest of the games that i do on him but he looked pretty good um i he's on my actual list um and and doing uh doing a good thing he's doing good um Okay, where were we here? Gotta go back, gotta go back, gotta go back, gotta go back. Still need to go back further. Where are we? There it is. Uh, how do you, how likely it is uh, that you think Simashev falls to the second round? I don't know. I feel like he could fall a lot lower than I have him ranked, but I don't, I mean, he checks a lot of boxes for teams, you know, drafting players. Like, he checks a lot of boxes. Like, it's hard to say because, like, you look at a guy – I could see a world where it's, like, with Moritz Sider, right? He was ranked in the 20s, maybe 30s by some people, and then all of a sudden the, the Red Wings go up there and pick him eighth overall, and then it's like, well, yeah, like, the Red Wings really liked him, right? And I don't – I don't know. I mean, could the did, could the Philadelphia Flyers draft him fifth overall? Sure. I It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it, it would be very interesting to see that happen. Um, but I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Simishev goes in the second round. He's not very well. He's not very well regarded by central scouting and sometimes central scouting influences a lot. So we'll see. Um, Eklund's been averaging nearly 20 minutes a night. Not a question. Just think that's cool. It is cool. It is really cool. Uh, he's looked fun. How much better or worse is this year's draft compared to last year, specifically from 11th through the second round? Um, I mean, I think it's a better draft class. Um, but I mean, I think the drop-off point is about the same. Um, I think there are more interesting players, like players where if things go right, they could turn out to be pretty darn good hockey players. Um, but also, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, I don't know. Like it really depends on on, you know. I mean, it depends on who's available past eleven or past ten. And I mean, I think you're going to be able to get good players throughout the first round, but that's also the case for almost every draft, right? Like Brad Lambert was 30th overall, Logan Stankoven 47th, um, whatever you want to, what, however you want to slice it, there's always players that slip. Um, and for me, I mean, I, I, I am more excited about this draft class than last year. Uh, pretty much the entire, I'd say top 20, I'd say I'm really interested in and, and excited about. Last year, I don't know if I was as excited about that many players. I'd say that number was about like ten or twelve. Um, but in any case, I thought I think it's a I think it's a good draft class, and there's a lot of potential for I think some guys to unlock a lot of potential, and also some other guys where if they don't, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. But that also is pretty typical of of an NHL draft. Um. Can you give us a clue of who the first uh, scouting report? Okay, so I can't I can't tell you because uh, there's not going to be any. Um, there's not going to be a scouting report for 2023. But the first one that I was thinking of doing because uh, I really just wanted to get the word out on him and I was going to have a data set on him pretty quick was Dmitry Simashev. Um, just because usually people don't really pay attention to the early ones and I kind of want that one to sort of be a sleeper. Um, but unfortunately it's not going to happen. Um, but rest assured you can take it to the bank that I like him. Uh, as a Sharks fan, I can only say at the end of scouching is cosmic karma for endorsing the ducks in a battle for Bedard. Yes. I'm sorry, Ricky. 
Uh, I know you, you've been a faithful chatter for a while. I, I know I knew as soon as I said that answer, I was going to shatter the hearts of, of locked on sharks fans and sharks fans around the world. Um, but you know what? If you listen to the whole show, I think I made a pretty good case for Adam Fantilli being an awesome San Jose shark and Connor Bedard in Anaheim is like, he's, you can let him be a rock star and you can let Adam Fantilli be Mike Madano. And everybody loves Mike Madano, and I think that's cool. So I'm sorry, but I got to do what my heart wants, you know? Got to go out with a bang, you know what I mean? Speaking of which, um, I figure I'll open my my uh, adult beverage of the night because it is the last one, so I may as well celebrate a little bit. And it's Friday tomorrow, so uh, this is Land Shark. It's basic. It's not terrible. It's good. It's it's fine. It'll do. Um, I just didn't have anything fancy in the fridge that, that was mine, so... Unfortunately, uh, it's this, but I perfectly don't mind this. Uh, please drink responsibly. Uh, but if you are of legal drinking age, um, this is a pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid one. Okay. Um, since he, this is the last stream, I have time to ask one more time. Oh, Brian, you, you can, you can just send me letters and you can ask me any question you want through letters. Um, I have one last question. Why didn't you rank Stutzler first overall when he's obviously the best player in the draft that year? Points don't lie. You're right, man. You're right, man. Take that victory lap. Take that victory lap. How dare I say that Tim Stutzler was a perfectly fine pick at third overall and he should be a really fun offensive player for the Senators and he turns out to be a really fun offensive player for the Senators. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that, eh? Um, I, I really liked watching Tim Stutzler this year. Like he, he, I, I think I, I think I let people get in my head a little bit about Tim Stutzler. Cause I remember watching him and going, this kid's got a lot of talent. I don't know if I'd put him at center, but this guy's got a lot of talent. And I think I let people kind of get in my head a little bit over the course of the season. And I bumped him down a little bit, but in retrospect, I think putting him behind, I think I still in retrospect would have put him behind Rossi and, and Raymond being a, a wiser man now, even and I probably should have, you know, again, I'm trying to be as honest with myself as possible and think back to how I actually thought in 2020, but I really was kind of more doubtful about Lafreniere than I thought. And I went back and actually watched the video clips I pulled of him. And there was some really not so promising stuff in there that I went, remember looking back on. Um, and Byfield's always weird, but I, I don't know. He's been really good for the last start of this year. I understand your joke question is a joke, but, uh, I don't know. I really like Tim Stutzler. Like 2020 was a really good draft class. I've really been enjoying watching those guys get going. Um, what would be Dvorsky's best case scenario for upside? Does his under 20 production really matter? I don't think so. I mean, I think Dvorsky's going to be a good middle six NHL center. You know, nothing super fancy, nothing super high end, but nothing low end. He's smart defensively. He's He's good positionally, you know, He's a good passer, just reading the ice and making the first pass, and, and he's a good shooter. And I feel like if you plop him on a power play, either in front of the net or in the face-off circles to use his shot, he'll do stuff. Um, but I'm very, very, very doubtful about Dvorsky as, like, a top-10 guy. Um, I mean, I feel like he'll play in the NHL for sure, and if you get a guy like him in the late first, I think you've done really well, and that's kind of where I've got him ranked. Um... Thank you very much, Game Pass guy. Uh, you're also a person I recognize from many, many live streams. So I appreciate, I, again, I want to reiterate, like, I really appreciate the interaction. Like, I can't tell you how much of a struggle mentally it was for me, like, every week having to plan a show where I always wanted it to be about what the audience had to ask. 
Um, cause for a long time, I was really struggling to continuously find things to talk about. Cause I didn't want to just like randomly pick a player and be like, here's a player that I've been watching and he is good. I would much rather have the audience push me into different directions and, and ask me stuff. So I really, I really appreciate everybody who, who has had questions over the years. And, and I know that this is a, a very niche subject, um, you know, a very limited audience, I would say. And you're all the best. It's just the best to see it from all of you um, and, and being willing to interface and interact. Um, it's been a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's, you know, all, you're always, you're always, uh, uh, you're always going to be wonderful in my heart forever. Uh, am I staying with McKean's? No, <laughs> no. Again, it's, it's a clean break for me. Uh, totally changing gears with everything. Um, and so, yeah, I, I will, uh, I, I, McKean's, I, I will, you know, that's going to be it. And I'll be letting them know very shortly. Um, do you think Oliver Moore will be available around the eight to 10 spot? I really want the blues to get him barring any lottery luck. I, he'd be a great, I think he'd be a great St. Louis blue based on what they've drafted. And it's entirely possible. I could see it. It'd be entirely possible. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, any thoughts on Yen if Peretz worth signing? You think, I mean, is everybody, is anybody worth signing? Yeah, sure. It doesn't cost you anything except money. Like give it a go. You never know. Um, I do remember watching him last year or two years ago, I think, cause the numbers were crazy. You gotta be really careful. I think he plays for the army, right? It's it's that's, I think he plays for the army, uh, or Quin- Quinnipiac. Uh, I, anyway, in any case, um, he plays in like a very poor conference. Is it Quinnipiac? Yeah. But I think he was with the army. Oh no, he wasn't. Okay. So I did. Okay. So it was last year. I watched him with Quinnipiac. Um, and I didn't, I mean, again, I'm not a super high end goalie guy, but I didn't really see a tremendous amount that was like, oh yeah, this guy's like going to be the next big thing. But would I draft, would I, would I sign him to a contract at 23 years old and see what he can do? Sure. You know, like what's the worst that could happen? You, you end up with a goalie prospect who maybe in a pinch can fill in. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, playing goalie in the NHL is very, very difficult and he's coming from a relatively easy NCAA conference, but he's been very good. So you never know, but I mean, he's, you know, when you see numbers like that and, and the fact that he's been doing it year over year and it goes back a number of years, like you may as well take a chance. Uh, thank you, Eric, Eric, just Jesky, 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 whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me how many, how many people watch the, the scouting reports over the years and, and how much reach they've gotten and everything. It's been really amazing. Um, it's on to the next thing, you know, uh, go Gophers. Yeah. Have you seen any of Valtteri Pooley? Seems like teams were interested in him. Yeah, I mean, I actually when I when there were news reports about him, I did see. I went and watched a couple of games. Got to stay hydrated, you know. Um, yeah, with Valtteri Pooley, um, I think with him, you know, you definitely see the size. He's a pretty good skater as well for his size. Like, I wouldn't expect him to be like Zdeno Chara. But I think that he's a guy where you could maybe plug him in as a guy who can make the first pass, a guy who can play strong defense, you know, like a perfectly reasonable defense first defenseman that can also move the puck decently well. Not really much of an offensive toolkit there, and I think that's indicated by his production. But, you know, again, it's an entry-level contract. You can get him for a couple of years, see how it goes. I always, always, always keep my, my expectations restrained and let players ex- ex- like go past them. 
And from what I saw of Pooley, like, I could see him being a defense-first guy in the NHL. Moves well, good stick. He's not the most physical guy, but you don't really need to be to play that way when he's his size. And honestly, I probably wouldn't even want that. Use that long stick. Know how to use it. I don't, whatever. Um, and, and make space for yourself and do the thing. Like, I, 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 I didn't mind it. I wouldn't be, like, clamoring over NHL teams to draft him or to, 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 to sign him. But if you can, if you can get him, uh, and he's interested and you, you have a hole in your defensive lineup, then sure go nuts. Um, do, do, do big right-handed defenseman in rounds four through seven. Who's decent. Uh, you want big right-handed defensemen? Well, I, again, I'm bad with, uh, remembering what handedness guys are. Uh, Jakob Dvorak could be a really good pickup if you want a big guy. Carter Southern. Um, I, I'm interested in Brady Cleveland. Um, he's a guy who is huge and very physical, um, but also I think has signs of pretty decent skill and, and pretty good, a pretty good set of feet under him. Um, Larry Keenan's a prep school kid who I've liked as well with a big shot that you could probably snag late in the draft. Christian Konstadinsky is a Frolunda defenseman you could draft late in the draft and he's big. He's got some hands. He's a pretty decent skater as well for a big kid. Um, I have Archam Karpov as well for in a similar vein as Kostadinsky, but he plays in Russia. Um, there's a few, uh, not sure who else would pop into my mind. Um, yeah, those are the ones I'd probably focus the most on. Um, I feel there's a clear top seven, Reinbacher, Bedard, Michkov, Smith, Benson, Carlson, Fantilli. Who do you feel are the next three big prospects for the Canucks? I mean, Oliver Moore with Vancouver would be a ton of fun. Um, if you're looking for centers, that's the only one that really jumps off the page for me that would make sense in that range. If you want to, if you want to go crazy, uh, maybe uh, Grayson Sachin would be a huge reach, but it would be fun. Uh, Otto Stenberg maybe, but he's been playing more of the wing. Um, Ryan Leonard is listed at center, but he plays more of the wing this year with Smith up the middle. I mean, I would say Oliver Moore would be your guy. Uh, if you want a defenseman, I mean, Simashev, uh, I'd say Sandine Pelika could be an interesting one in, in Vancouver with Quinn Hughes already there. Mikhail Gulyayev could be fun in Rush in, in, in Vancouver as well, but I'd say Oliver Moore would be my guy. Who's my highest rated Q guy? Uh, Etienne Morin, and he's the only one, believe it or not. I do not really like Ethan Goche that much in terms of his hockey game. Uh, who else? I mean, there's just a few guys that I'm just not a huge fan of in the queue uh, that people have ranked. But I mean, I like Tyler Peddle's shoot uh, shooting ability, but M Mohan's my guy. I think in the queue that I would probably look at, but I wouldn't draft him where people have him ranked. I don't think. Uh, hey Will, hello. Uh, Hawks will have three picks between 28 and 40 and 45, depending on the standings. Who would you suggest they look at? There's always going to be guys that slip through the first round, right? I mean, I personally would probably think Jaden Perron will be there. Gavin Brindley could probably be there. They would be fantastic additions in Chicago, I think. Um, I personally really like Timur Mukhanov and think he'd be a great ad, but you could probably get him later than the Ford top 40. Um, I don't know who else could... I mean, William Whitelaw would be a lot of fun. A lot of fun players usually slip in the draft, especially if they're small. Alex Siernik, I think, has been great at the pro level in Sweden this year. Um, if Grayson Sachin slips through the first round, I could see him being a Blackhawk. Uh, who else? Uh, 
Tanner Mullendyke, maybe something like that. I don't know. There's a, there's going to be a bunch of good ones though. There's there's always a bunch of fun ones that slip through. Uh, Leo Carlson reminds me of Capo Caco. I can't shake the feeling we might be overrating him. You know what? I kind of see where you're coming from with that, and I kind of agree in a sense where I think Carlson's going to take some time to come along, but I do think Carlson has a bit of a better skating gear. I just want to see it more than Kako. And I think that the skill level is a little higher, whereas Kako is a bit more shoot first. But I see where you're coming from, and the last few games I've seen of Carlson have been a little bit so-so to the point where if you really... You wouldn't have to push me that hard to think about Oliver Moore or Will Smith ahead of him. But when you get down to like Benson and Crystal and Simashev and Ryan Leonard and a few other guys, it just you you kind of probably just want to go with Carlson, and I think you're going to get a, a really good NHL hockey player there. Uh, I will not. Yeah, sorry, Daniel. I will not be doing 2023 draft coverage on the internet, unfortunately. Um, I know I'm sure lots of you were looking forward to it, um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, the time has come to move on to other stuff. Uh, a hockey question. How does Montreal's prospect pipeline look? What are they missing? Um, I mean, it's good. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with what Montreal's got in their pipeline. They've got a lot of guys. They've got some size. They've got some good centers up the middle. They've got some good scoring wingers. They've got big guys. They've got small guys. They've got, uh, I mean, I don't, I mean, their goaltending is maybe a question mark, but like you can go get a goalie. It's not that hard. Like you can find a goalie. Um, you know, I, I, I think there are guys that also are kind of flying under the radar a little bit with the Hab system, like Oliver Kapanen is one. Um, I'm a really big fan of Rhett Pitlick. Um, and uh, Rhett Pitlick is a guy that I actually was watching the other day, and I thought he looked really, really good. Um, just the, the pace of his game and the skill level is really high end, and um, he's still eligible to go back to college and, and, and you keep his rights. Cause I think he spent two years in the USHL after being drafted. So it, you know, you can take your time with him, but I really, really have come to, I've really liked Rhett Pitlick a lot. And that goes back to his days in high school. Um, what do they need? I mean, I don't really know. They've got a lot of really good options all over the ice. Uh, so just keep going, just keep doing whatever it is that they're doing. And I think they're going to be just fine. Um, how good is Charlie Strammel? Strangle is one of these guys that I think could be really pretty good, you know, like a good power for like a good 200 foot power center, um, a decent winger as well. If he needs to, he's, he's big, he's got some skill when he wants to be physical, he can be quite physical. He's, he's a really, he can be a really intense guy at times. And a lot of the times he kind of takes a bit of a backseat, which is a little frustrating, he, I, I think the big thing for him and the reason why his production isn't so good is because he's just too much of a, of a perimeter player and his ability to sort of get through traffic is really limited for a big guy. You know, he'll stop up and try to put pucks through feet from a distance and it just doesn't really work out that much. He does make some decent plays along the boards once in a while. There's flashes of skill with him. It's just going to be a matter of like putting it all together. I mean, I'll be fascinated to see how it goes now that Wisconsin will be getting a new coach. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, he's going to get some new toys to play with next year, even though a guy like Corson Kuhlemans is gone. Um, I think he's going to be a fun player for college in the, in the future. Um, but he's one of these guys where I think the ceiling is pretty high, but the floor is pretty low. Like, I feel like it'll be a guy where he'll get a chance in the NHL, but, but I, 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 I feel like outside of maybe like, I don't know, I could see him maybe up the alleyway of like a Jordan Greenway type guy where Greenway has this like high intensity sort of physical game, but there's still a bit of finesse there. He's not, he's not just a zoom, zoom, kaboom dude. Um, 
just a lot to like. Uh, just a lot to like. Uh, but also just hasn't really come together yet. Um, I wanted to say I'm going to miss my fellow Carly Rae Jepsen stand. True, 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 true. I actually listened to her most recent album not too long ago. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I like it. I, I, I dig the Jep, you know? Um, thoughts on Aiden McDonough? Honestly, I'm going to punt that question because I have not seen nearly enough of Aiden McDonough to give you a good answer. I'm sorry. Um, but we'll see. Uh, what is Matthew Wood's potential if everything goes right? I mean, I could see him being like a second line, maybe third line offensive guy. He's just got a long ways to go. I mean, I, I'm not certainly convinced that he's like this elite level shooter that he can fall back on. Um, he's got a pretty good shot, but I think more than anything, his game just, it just, I don't know. Every time I see him, I'm going, man, I don't know. It depends on where you're drafting him for me. If you're drafting him at 10, I think you're nuts. If you're drafting him at 30, yeah, I think you could end up with a pretty good sort of 200-foot, you know, not super physical, but just like a smart puck mover who has a pretty decent shot. You can always make, you can always build a better shot as well on what you've already got. So in any case, it's good. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think he's going to, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Matt Wood will be an interesting one, uh, in terms of, uh, in, in terms of where he goes and what his upside is down the road. Uh, Graham Slam. Oh, he's working on, uh, uh, Graham Slam's working on a Simashev video. Okay, well, everybody should go subscribe to Graham Slam's channel because he actually does really good stuff. Me and him, uh, we we talk. You know, me and him know each other. We're we're, we're buds, and uh, not buds, not butts, buds. And uh, he uh, he's doing really good content over there. So you can all just hop over there, and he'll basically pick up the slack. Um, if it helps. Okay, so I've got someone in my corner here with Bedard to the Ducks. Way to go. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we can agree. Um. Oh, and then you asked about Vitaly Pulley. We kind of went over that. Uh, thoughts on Cohen Zemer? Yeah, Cohen Zemer's an interesting one. I don't really know what I think of Cohen Zemer, to be perfectly honest. Um, he is a guy that I think has sort of really good puck distribution skills and a pretty good shot, but not much else. Like, if you're drafting him, I see him as a bit of a scaled-back version of, like, a Gabe Perot. You know, the skill level's not quite as high. The creativity and the and the and the uh, anticipation ability is just not quite as good. But he's good. He's a good he's a good puck moving, puck puck distributing guy who can sort of work off of higher paced guys like Riley Height pretty well. If you surround him with the right guys, I think he could get something, but like I wouldn't draft that type of player in the first round usually for me. Um are we getting scouting live? Yeah, no. This is it. That's the last one, kids. Uh end of the month. I it's as if I didn't exist. Um, thank you very much, Zach. Again, once again, you're the, you're a, you're a, you're a longtime supporter. Uh, I think you asked another question about team scouting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to get to know a lot of people here and, uh, I won't forget it. I won't forget it. And I won't completely disappear for, for some of the people that I know pretty well, but, uh, it's the end of the road for a lot of, for a lot. And, uh, I mean, Zach, you, we, you and I go way back and it's, uh, it's been fun. Um, there was a question about, uh, team scouting check and I can provide that. Let me just, uh, find my most recent updated list here. I think this is it. If I'm not mistaken, uh, let me double check. Da, 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 da. Almost there. Uh, okay. And yeah, it looks pretty much the same. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll just do this. Um, so yeah, 
this is the last shortlist I'll share uh, for uh, the potential uh, guys. I, they, these are Toronto Maple Leaf picks, by the way. Um, these are it. Um, so we've got Andrew Crystal, Dmitry Simashev, Axel Sanin Pelika, Gavin Brindley, and Quinton Musty shortlisted in the first round. Um, although this has kind of changed, so let's do that. Uh, and then I'll, I, I figure, okay, that is weird. That did not, that was not supposed to happen. Uh, so we'll do that. What was I, what was I doing here? Did I have Jaden Perron shortlisted in the third round? I mean, I guess it's possible. In any case, uh, Crystal Simashev, Brindley, Musty, Sandin, Pelika in the first round. Um, Perron, Mukhanov, Whitelaw, Pinelli, and Mishak in the third. I doubt Dvorak will be there, but Dvorak, Nilsson, Arvid Bergstrom, Griffin Erdman, Robin Kantsarov in the fifth. Uh, and Isaac Hedqvist, Ignat Lutfullin, uh, Hoyt Stanley, Vladimir Mikhailov, and Brandon Svoboda in the sixth round. Something like that might be kind of neat. Uh, that would be my first gut instinct. Uh, in all the games you have ever watched for scouting, how bad was the worst skating you've ever seen from a player you were scouting or someone else in the game? Oh, God. Um, trying to think. I mean, Sasha Pastajov wasn't great. Uh... I also have to, like, be careful about how I put it because I'm also literally talking about children playing hockey and I don't want to be like, oh, he's terrible. Uh, I did track a few, a few games of an MHL junior when I first got started tracking named Nikita Shuiden, who scored a lot of points, and I was wondering why. And he was pretty awful moving around the ice. Um, who else? Hmm. Hmm. It's a good question. It's making me think. Uh man, I've watched a lot of guys over the years, and I'm trying to Nikita Shuiden is probably the one where I was most perplexed. Ilya Nikolaev also, a Calgary Flames pick, was also quite perplexing and strange. I mean, I'm sure there are players I've seen that are also just awful skaters in general. I don't know. It's a good question, because there's been a lot of players. There's Someone's got to be the worst, and there's been a lot of them. Uh, but I also was told by a very wise person once that all prospects are bad, so there's that. Uh, you should make an appearance on the SDP to talk about the draft relief prospects. I think you did a game over. Yes, I did. Um, I mean, sure, I'd be happy to go on the made podcast if I can. Uh, it would be fun. Um... I can't, I, I can't guarantee anything, but yes, I was on game over and it was a, a ton of fun. Um, how's Heights pace and defensive game? Well, that's the problem. His pace is good when he wants it to be and his defensive game is kind of non-existent. So take that for what you will, but that's a guy where I've, I, if I was coaching him, I'd want more out of him because I know his talent level is pretty good. Uh, it's just a matter of like, you know, learning the lessons that you need to learn in order to be a good NHL offensive player. Who do you think is the best fit for the Habs in the top five? I mean, they drafted Yuri Slavkovsky. Leo Carlson with the Habs feels like a fit for what they're kind of trying to look at, and that would be kind of neat. Uh, I mean, if they get Adam Fantilli, that would be great, I think, for them as well. Um, Mitchkov comes to mind as well. Like, Mitchkov in Montreal with, with Cole Caulfield, that gives you two really good goal scorers, and I feel like Mitchkov's playmaking also has some room to grow. It's going to be hard to draft a bad player in the top five if you're Montreal, I would think. The, the top, I'd say six or seven is really strong. Um, 
Think Farrell could jump to the AHL after this season is over. Oh yeah, sure. For sure. I think Sean Farrell should be in the AHL for like a season. Uh, ah, AJ Jadaro, longtime friend of the show. What's going on? Uh, in honor of this being your last stream, who are your five favorite players amongst all the draft classes you tracked to watch? Also good luck with your future nervous. Thank you. Um, who are the five favorite players? I mean, Miraculous Nadinov, easy is number one. Marco Rossi, probably number two. Uh, I really enjoyed watching Bobby Brink as well. Um, I did enjoy that, even though I kind of barely knew what I was doing back in 2019. Um, who are the other ones? Uh, I've really enjoyed watching. Uh, I mean, I've really enjoyed watching Connor Bedard just doing what he does. Like, I wish I could show the data that I've tracked because it's just everything is just pinned to the top end of whatever I've done ever. It's just wild, at least offensively. Everything offensive with Connor Bedard is just like pinned. Uh, it's it's pretty wild, especially carrying the puck offensively. It's just insane. Uh, who else? Who's been drafted? I mean, Logan Cooley maybe. Um, oh, Matty Beniers. So we'll go Rossi, Beniers, Kuznodinov, Bedard, Bedard, Bedard uh and who else um i mean part of me wants to say fantilly but i feel like that's recency bias i mean i said bobby brink so we'll say bobby brink because he was also a very interesting one and the data behind him was also really fun oh logan stankoven yes logan stankoven so marat rossi stankoven uh yeah um it's gonna be fun it's going to be fun. What am I talking about? But those are the guys, those are, those are the guys for sure. I just, I, I don't know. I watch Miracus Nadinov play hockey just for fun. Fabian Liesel might be also up there and I'll throw that in there for you, for you specifically. Uh, cause I know you love him. Has your opinion on Owen power changed or is it the evaluation still the same? I mean, he's gotten better in certain areas defensively, especially And my concern was defensive, but his NHL output is still very heavily offensive leaning. Um, I, I saw him play the other night in uh, in Buffalo and I thought he looked really good. Like he's a really good offensive defenseman and I'm glad to see it that way. I mean, I, I think like you look at the Buffalo Sabres and you go, yeah, they're a really good offensive team and they get scored on a ton. And part of that is their goaltending, but I don't think it's entirely their goaltending. And I think Owen Power being a guy who plays a lot of minutes with that team, like, yeah, his defensive metrics are not great. And that's always been the case with him, but the offense I think makes up for it. In my view, I, I want him leaning into his offense because that's what makes him special. So my opinion hasn't really changed. And when I look back at my 2021 list, I still feel pretty good about it. Like Wallstead is coming along really well. Fabian Liesel is having a great year in the AHL. Uh, and he just, I think they're just letting him play in the AHL for a while before putting him in the NHL. I mean, they are, that's literally what they're doing. I've loved Beneers in Seattle. Um, you know, I guess uh, you could make the argument that maybe Eklund has not come along as well as Owen Power, and I think there is some truth to that. I think when you look at Owen Power, you can definitely see that he's entrenched himself as a good offensive defenseman in the NHL. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's, 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 he's definitely gone the right direction, but I still feel like my read of him being like terrified of the wrong team taking him and trying to make him something that he's not uh was not wrong and i think ba buffalo has done a really good job bringing him along and and getting him playing the way that i think he wants to play i think that's a big thing of what don granado has done in buffalo that's really good for them is just 
you've got a young team, so you know, you've got a really talented group of players and let them play their game. Let them play to their strengths and you'll figure it out, you know, and they're going through some growing pains right now, but you can definitely see that there is a good team there somewhere. There's they're they're close to really turning a corner and you can see that they really enjoy playing for that team, right? Like I I really enjoyed watching the Buffalo Sabres the other night and I think that the future looks really good. And I think with Owen Power, like they're giving him the opportunity to make mistakes and yes, he's making mistakes, but they're also lending him that, giving him that chance to also then lean into the offense and lean into the scoring. And that makes me really happy. So I might bump him up a couple of spots, but I, I guess my point about that draft class in 2021 is that it was really, really close. Like that top seven, eight guys were really close in my view and they were all just different. And I can see why power was the top guy to a lot of NHL teams. You just don't find six foot, whatever guys like that, that can skate and, and shoot the puck and set up plays like he does. But I also just felt there were other guys that just were better options. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's yes and no, really like yes and no. Uh, do final question. I ever, I ever ask opinion on Luke Middlesat and Bo Aiki, undrafted players who, what? Uh, who have led solid season to get back on a draft board. So this is Bo Aiki's first draft year, actually. Middlestat, it's his third, I think. Um, I'd be surprised if Luke Middlestat got drafted. I thought at the World Junior, that was kind of the opportunity to show off the offensive skill. And again, the defensive skill just isn't there with him, I don't think, right now. But, I mean, college free agent, sure, I could see it. Um, I wouldn't draft him. Bo Aiki, mid-round guy, really gifted skater. I just think he doesn't really know what to do with it yet. Um, the last game I did of him, he was not very good but he wasn't bad. Like he, he, he just was giving the puck up a lot. He was not really using his feet a whole lot. His defensive game is not very good. He just sits back and sits back and doesn't really challenge guys. Doesn't gap up. Doesn't really challenge. Like he just kind of allows way too much. Um, but the, the footwork is really good. The, the foot speed is really good. The mobility is really good. There's just a lot to like. Um, but I also just, I don't know, maybe a mid round pick for me. Um, do do do. Wonder if I can get a bit of comparison between Jaden Perron and Zach Benson. Uh, yeah. I mean, so Benson's motor. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I mean Benson's motor is really good. Uh, he he gets around the ice really well. He's one of the probably the best four checker off puck in the draft. Um, Jaden Perron is not that, but he's also not a bad defensive player or like off puck player. He's really interesting. Um, I, um, I, I, I think Jaden Perron is a better playmaker and I think a, a, a better, a more skilled player, but Benson is just a more high intensity, like in your face guy more often during the course of a night. Like he never disappears. You always know when Zach Benson's on the ice, Jaden Perron, you can definitely be forgiven for going Jaden Perron was in the lineup that period Jaden Perron played eight minutes that that period what oh that guy giving up the puck at that bad time was Jaden Perron oh okay okay whereas with 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 Benson you don't really have that concern but with Benson I mean my concern with Benson is that he just isn't really driving a tremendous amount of offense like I think people comparing him to like Zach Hyman are probably relatively accurate as a guy where it's like yeah I could see how this guy scores a ton outside the NHL and yeah, Zach Hyman has like 90 points this year, but set that aside, most seasons, he's not a 90 point scorer and more like a 60 point guy, but a guy you don't not want to have on your team. 
And I feel like Benson will be one of those, right? Like a guy you don't not want to have that maybe doesn't score a billion points in a season. But he's got a lot of upside, I think. Whereas Perron might be a guy that scores a lot, maybe comparably to Benson, maybe a bit better with the playmaking and 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 sort of the 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 stick checking ability that he's got. Whereas Benson's more just like a brute energy guy. Um, it's it's they're two sides of a similar coin, but I think I mean I wish I could blend the two together to be honest. Uh, any thoughts on Felix Ungersoldum uh, with Lexand? Uh, not my favorite. I watched him in the SHL a little bit, and I think that his limitations really got exposed there. Decent skill player. I think he's got a decent shot as well. I think that's where a lot of his production comes from in junior. But a guy that doesn't really have a tremendous amount of pace, speed, agility, just not a whole lot there. And for an undersized guy, I kind of need to see that. Um, so unfortunately, I, he's just not on my list. And and I think when you look at some of the deeper metrics of him, uh, it is a little less promising. Um, but he's not a bad player. He's he's a solid junior player in Sweden, and I feel like he'll get drafted. Um, I just I probably there are just other guys I've liked more. Uh, thoughts on Jaden Struble? Any chance he makes the NHL? Oh sure, I think there's a chance he makes the NHL. I mean, I I wouldn't put him there immediately. Um, but you put him in the AHL, and I I think that after a year or so of just sort of seasoning and playing some good minutes with Laval, uh, I think he'll do just fine. I think he's a good player, um, really mobile, really physical. You know, I think his offensive game is maybe a little bit underrated, but like not incredible, but like that's not really what you're drafting him and developing him to do. Um, so, I mean, I, it, I think with Montreal, there are going to be jobs open for him to take maybe next year and take a run at it. Um, and we'll see. He's been good. Uh, thoughts on the Blackhawks top prospects like Nazer and Korchinski. What are their projections? So I haven't seen much of Nazer this year. I saw one game of his and he was pretty good, but when you miss almost like half a season, it's hard to catch up. He didn't look bad, but I think there's a lot more headroom with Nazer for the future. Um, Kevin Korchinski. I've seen him play a few times this year with Seattle. He's still Kevin Korchinski, really good puck mover, really good skill. Um, moves the puck really, really effectively. I think he's leaning a little more into his offense, stepping up from the blue line a little bit more than he used to, but that's not really his game. Just a really good puck transporter up the middle of the ice. A really exciting player. Uh, went with the puck on his uh, with the puck on his stick. The defensive game, you know, closing gaps and playing physically. It's still a work in progress, but he's really, really good at possessing the puck and, and getting pucks to teammates. And and I think he's just really improved on on the skill level and the deception he's got with the puck in, in transition and everything. There's a lot to like. Um, and I think he's coming along just fine. Why can't I get excited about this draft after like eight <laughs> fatigue, too much hype, and I de- am I dead inside? Nah, it's okay. It's normal, you know? Like, the NHL draft is so weird. Like, there are, there are guys, the, the number of guys who really get you excited and out of your seat you can count them on maybe two hands in any given draft year. And if you can get two hands worth, that's a good draft. You know, there are guys that you can get excited about seeing how they go, but it could you can still admit that it's a long shot to see them get to where you think they could be. There are guys that, you know, like, look, like a lot of prospects, if they put them in the NHL right now, they'd be awful. And you just have to be patient. Um, and sometimes it really comes down to development and deployment and who you're playing players with and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't expect most of the time for people to look at a draft class and go, oh my God, like this guy at 25th overall is so cool and so exciting. Like you really, the draft is often a little bit overhyped in my, and I'm a draft guy. 
And I think you have to set your sights really low and be like, look, our team is just trying to get guys, you know, our team will get guys. Um, and, and sometimes all you need is guys. And if you pad your roster with guys you find in the draft, you know, yet you can find value in the draft, but sometimes all you need is just guys and getting guys in the draft certainly pad your team and can certainly make you more competitive for sure. Um, <laughs> locked on sharks, still mad. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I also can't, I can't lie. Can't lie to the audience. Can't lie. Unfortunately, it's just how I feel, you know? Uh, do you like Sam Renzel? Sure, I do. Uh, I think this season, you know, look, he hasn't scored a ton, but whenever I've seen Waterloo play this year, he's a really fun player to watch. He's, he moves well, he skates well, he's got a lot of skill, he's confident, sometimes too confident. The defensive side of the puck for him was always sort of the problem. Um, I think this was a good developmental year for him. You leave him in college for a few years, and I think he's only going to get better. Marakuz Nadinov, what's his ceiling? Uh, NHL All-Star Hart Trophy winner every single year. Him and Connor McDavid scoring 160 points together forever. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, really, I think he could be a really excellent, you know, leader leader on the ice. And I, I think he's just an unbelievable guy that if he told me to jump off a building in order to win a hockey game, I would jump off the building. Um, you know, he, I, I don't know if anyone else saw that he like broke his face open the other day and was playing like a period later. And then first face off he took, he jumped in front of a slap shot and took it in the knee. Like the guy is insane. And I love it. Super high pace. You know, I think he could be a really good sort of second, a good second line guy. Great third line guy, dude that fans will love. Um, and I, I just, I love the fact that he's going to be a Minnesota wild, like him and Marco Rossi, Rossi obviously having a rough developmental period, but like those two guys, if all goes well, will anchor. I think they anchor the Minnesota wild really, really well. What's the next Canadian team to win the Stanley cup? Well, it won't be the Leafs. Probably won't be the Canucks. Probably won't be the Habs. We'll go Oilers. You know, I think it's about time Connor McDavid put a, put a cup over his head. You know, who's going to play goalie for them when they win the cup? I don't know. Probably not Jack Campbell. Maybe Stuart Skinner, Cam Ward's his way there. But when I watch the Oilers play the Sabres, and yeah, the Sabres aren't the best defensive team, the Oilers look really good. Eckholm, I think, is a really good addition. You know, uh, they really sort of solidified their defensive situation a little bit better. Um, they may still not really have a tremendous amount of depth, and maybe in the playoffs you can neutralize McDavid and Dreisaitl quite a bit, but I don't know. I feel like it's about time that those are the guy that 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 group of guys finally get their day. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been through so much on that team since being drafted, and just continuously puts up solid seasons. And for him, I mean, he's a guy that still flies under the radar and doesn't get talked about a ton. Him winning a Stanley Cup after everything the Oilers have been through with him there the whole time would be really really cool. Uh, Zach Hyman winning a Stanley cup would be really fun. I mean, I watched him a lot in Toronto, uh, and he is a guy, a guy, another guy wears his heart on his sleeve. You just love to watch him and you know, I hope he gets there. Uh, thoughts on Kirill Kudryavtsov, uh, signed with the Canucks last week, picked last year. Yeah. I've seen Kudryavtsev since two years ago and I liked him. I think he's pretty solid. I don't know what NHL upside there is, but he's a pretty decent skilled defenseman, you know, pretty well-rounded guy. There's nothing I can point to that he does extremely well or poorly from what I remember remember last year. 
Um, but he's, you know, he's a nice guy to have in your back pocket for a seventh, whatever round it was, pick. Sixth, seventh round, something like that. Um, a nice bet to make because I liked him a lot more when he was in Russia relative to when he was with uh, Sault Ste. Marie. You know, I'm, I'm feeling parched. Uh, what are your thoughts on Andrew Centrella? When watching Fowler, I noticed a lot of things, including his transition defense, ability to get the puck up the ice, and power play quarterback skill. Well, I don't know who Andrew Centrella is. Uh, when watching Fowler, I'm not sure who which Fowler. Oh, Youngstown. I mean, I've seen a lot of Youngstown. Um, I really like Andon Serbone, uh, who's been a guy they added and, and has done really, really well. Um, Andrew Centrella, number 23. I feel like I've seen this guy before, but not really paid that much attention, unfortunately. Um, so I can't really tell you, but I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Uh, who are your favorite overagers for this draft? Also thoughts on Ivan Anoshko. So Anoshko to me is kind of a guy. Uh, I, I don't, he plays in uh, the Belarusian team in the MHL. I, I don't know. I mean, there's only so many undersized Russian junior players that I can really get behind. And I think that list for me is like Kansarov now, uh, Klimovich, uh, Mukhanov played pro, but like, he's probably on that list for sure. Anoshko just feels like a, a step behind those guys. And I am probably leaning Klimovich in like the seventh round. Cause he'll probably be there. Um, so that, I don't know. I, I just find with Anoshko, he's kind of okay. And like a little bit ahead of other guys in terms of his edges and skill level that allows him to produce in the MHL. Whereas other guys, I think really are, are more than a step ahead. Thoughts on Adam Engstrom? Uh, yeah, I like Adam Engstrom. I mean, I liked him last year. I didn't think he was going to be this much of an offensive guy right away. Um, he's had a pretty good offensive season. Is this going to be broken again? Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, with Engstrom, I like him. I, I, I think he's come a long way just in a year, and he's a nice pickup for them, a really, really nice pickup for them. Um, <laughs> can you hear my cat screaming? Um, so, yeah. I, I like him. He's a good he's a good all around defenseman with some good edges, some good skill, uh, lots to like. Um, uh, Xenome Project asks if someone's going to pick up the, st the slack from my work again. Graham Slam, he's in the chat. Subscribe to his channel right now. Um, who are some deep cut Hawks prospects who are developing well? Uh, I can answer that. Uh, Chicago, where are you? There you are. Deep cut Chicago guys. Uh, oh, Sam Savoy would probably be one of them that I would mention right off the hop. Uh, Savoie, I think, would be the right one to, to, to the right way to say it. I mean, Wyatt Kaiser's been pretty good as well. I've liked him. Um, who else? You know, low key, low key, really low key, just because I really like watching this guy is Riku Tohila. They drafted, I think, him in the seventh round last year. He's like a gigantic, uh, center playing in the Finnish Junior League. I don't think he's going to be anything, but like, he can, he's got some dangles for a guy who's six, seven, six, eight. Uh, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so if he ever worked out, that would be a lot of fun. I also do still like Paul Ludwinski. I know the offense isn't there, but I think, I think as a bottom six guy, there's still potential. Um, Ryan green also is a guy I've liked. Like the, the Hawks have a lot of these guys where they may not all work out, but like the ones that do could be impactful guys like Savoie green and Ludwinski. Um, and I just really enjoy watching, uh, what's his name? Uh, Riku Tohola. He's just a lot of fun. Um, will you miss the Gary adventures from Gary? Absolutely. Every day. I, I think about Gary pretty much every day. Uh, I'll miss, I'll miss Gary. Um, 
it seems like the show, oh, the Sharks have signed Valtteri Pulley. Okay, uh, have I seen him play? So I talked about him a bit earlier in the show, but the answer is yes. Uh, the answer is yes. You can, uh, you, you, you like, I like him. He's a good defense first guy. Uh, you know, decently physical, really good stick checker, makes a good first pass base. I mean, I know that's a cliche, but like he can get pucks out of his own end pretty well. Um, not like a spectacular guy. I don't think he's like Zidane Chara, but like could be a good depth guy and it doesn't cost you anything. So who knows? Uh, can we give you a Viking funeral? Well, I'm not dead. Um, but I mean, I can't stop you from going to your local fountain or your local, um, you know, uh, your local, whatever you want to call it, anything. Uh, I, I can't, I can't say, uh, that you can't go to a local body of water and make a little effigy of me and burn it and push the boat out into the lake. Um, I really would prefer though, if you do do that, not to do like what the Northman movie showed in terms of like a Viking funeral thing. Cause that was really disturbing and involved like basically murdering people. So don't do that. Um, that's cool. That'd be, that'd be cool of you to not do. Um, but you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's fine, uh, uh, but just don't, you know, I'm not dead. So it can't involve this corporeal, this, this being, you can't, you can't do anything to this. Um, since it's your last time here, who are some of your favorites for 2024? Yeah. So this made my colors ugly. So I'm just going to go here and open it in a private window. Um, NHL draft center for elite prospects, 2024. So first off, right off the bat, I love Ivan Demidov. I think he's a great player. Um, Macklin Celebrini, obviously a goal per game in the USHL this year, and he looks like he deserves it. Um, I really like Sam Dickinson in London as well. Uh, Tanner Howe, uh, Aaron Kivi Haru, everyone's talking about. I'm kind of more a little tepid on him, but like, he's good. Um, there's a couple of Finns that I've really liked. Uh, what's his name? Ugh, Consta, no, not Consta Helenius. Oh yeah, Consta Helenius is one of them. Um, there's another one. There's another one and I'm forgetting his name. Do, do, do. Weird. Okay. I can't remember who it is. Uh, is it Topias Heinen? Is that who I'm thinking of? Played in the Finnish Junior League and he's been really, really good. Uh, yeah, I think this guy too. Yeah, Topias Heinen? I could be wrong. Um, who else? Uh, Adam Juracek I really like. Uh, I really, really liked Adam Juracek. Um, I don't know. Uh, who else? Henry Muse. Zade, uh, Zane Perek has been pretty good. Um, I like, uh, this Norwegian kid in Sweden, Elias Straumavatne, but he's, uh, he's a little guy. He's, eight, he's like a five, eight forward, but he's a lot of fun to watch. Really high end guy. Beckett Seneke is another one who I thought has played really well this year. There's a lot. I think next year's draft class looks like a pretty decent group of guys, group of guys. Um, do, 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 do. Have you heard much about Melkareth Tallinn? Uh, played a bit in the hockey Eton and put up really solid numbers. Yeah, I think this is a guy who I was literally just watching. Um, he was playing with. Oh, he's a goalie, right? I mixed the, I mixed him up with someone else. I I don't really I don't know about goalies, especially hockey Eton goalies. Um, I don't know. But the numbers look good. That's fun. So you never know. I don't know. He's a goalie, so I'm going to punt that one. 
Uh, thanks for confirming I'm not dead inside. Is Topi Roni dead inside? <laughs> I mean, Topi Roni, I know he's not scoring a ton, I don't think, with, with, with Top Butter, but I don't think he's gonna score a ton in the NHL. I think you got, you got him to be like a bottom six guy. Um, you know, he's not a dumb hockey player. He's smart, big, you know, covers ice pretty well, not super skilled. I just, I think he's gonna be a perfectly adequate dude. Um... What do you think about Oscar Olauson? You know, I was a little bit high on Olauson for a while, and I, I, I bumped him down the list over the course of the season for 2021. But you know what? Like, he's coming along. I mean, he doesn't have the most amazing season this year. Um, you know, I, I think he's still a bit of a project, but he's a guy that, you know, I'm, yeah, he was always a guy where I was wondering about his, the pace of his game, and he was relatively simplistic with how he played, and I did have some concerns, but I thought as a late first round pick, he was perfectly acceptable. Um, you know, you just take your time with him, and I think you might end up with maybe a complimentary offensive transition rush offense guy. Um, cause I didn't dislike him, but he's, you know, it's, 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 a, he's, he's having a rough go so far, I would say. But for a late first round pick, you, you still have some time to work with him. Best finishers in the draft. Well, Connor Bedard's the easy pick there. Um, Mitchkov as well, I would throw in there. Um, Will Smith. Uh, Ryan Leonard. Um, who else? Gabe Perot. Colby Barlow as well, I would say, is a pretty good finisher. Um, those are the guys that I would probably put on that list. I'm trying to think of just guys who can shoot really, really, really good. Um, William Whitelaw also has a heck of a shot on him as well. Throw him in there. But the rest of them are definitely a, a step ahead. Uh... What's changed with Nikishin's game that caused such a point rise increase? Without the offense, the bottom pair projection made sense, but now I'd be shocked if he isn't a top four defenseman. Well, he's playing on a very, very, very deep and very, very good team in St. Petersburg. Like, uh, and he's playing a lot of minutes. I watched a, a lot of Nikishin over the course of the year because I am very surprised. I mean, I don't think it's going to translate like that to the NHL. Um, he's just, I think he's using his shot a lot more from the point. I, re I went back and actually looked at the track data I had on him, and the defensive data was actually really good. Um, and I liked the skating when I went back and watched the video clips I pulled of him. But the thing for me is, like, he just never got the opportunity to put pucks on net. And when defensemen put pucks on net, it, it sometimes leads to production. And I think when you play with a really, really talented team and play a lot of minutes, when you put a bunch of put a put a um, you, you know, when you put a bunch of pucks on net. Sometimes things just go in, and I feel like for him, I mean, I still think maybe you get a top four defense first guy. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I still have doubts about Nikishin being like this super, super high end guy all of a sudden. But he's come along really well, and I think in, at least defensively, he's looking really strong. Uh, thoughts on Danielson? Decent ceiling. Any scenario you draft him over Moore? So there is not a scenario where I draft him over Moore. But he's, I think he has a really high ceiling. Danielson is similar to Riley Height, where I think there's a lot of potential. A lot of potential, but I just don't see enough. And and there are games and periods where I just go, okay, Nate Danielson was there, and he's a decent rush offense guy. But there's a lot of work to do, I think, with him. I think he's got a lot of potential, but 
there's a long way to go. Um, oh, someone mentioned Emil Hemming. Uh, I mean, I've seen a bit of him and I'm not super high on Hemming, but I, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe that was when I was trying to figure out the Finnish guy I was thinking of. Um, have you tracked Atu Ratu's progress by any chance? No, I have not. I have not. Um, would you consider any chance you'd consider joining the Bosnian gaming community post-retirement? Unfortunately, I think I'd be a little out of place. I don't think there's a Bosnian bone in my body. Uh, I did a 23 in me and I am about as boring as it comes. Um, I do have some fun family history stories from like 400 years ago. Cause my dad's a genealogy nut, but, uh, yeah, the Bosnian gaming community. I don't know if they would welcome me that much and, uh, I'll leave that up to the Bosnians, but you know, um, <laughs> there's a bosnian gaming 442 in here i guess i'm loved in bosnia that's cool uh, i've never been to bosnia i've always wanted to go uh i've never been down there to the uh, balkans but I, I would love to go wait is bosnia even in there i feel like i gotta be very careful about where i associate eastern europeans uh and their geographical location um but in any case uh can we get a top five scouting moments oh man uh i mean this is just my perspective and from what i remember off the top of my head when the Leafs traded two, uh, traded for a two second round draft picks and the Ottawa Senators took Tyler Clevin and the Leafs got Topi Nimala and Ronnie Hirvonen, that was a pretty good one. When Yegor Chinikov and Shakir Mukhamadulam got drafted back to back, that was really top end live on camera. That happened and that was incredible. Um, when I released the Mirak Kuznadinov video, I was so excited. I, I, that was like, I knew that not very many people would care or watch it or know who I was talking about, but I was just going to beat that drum so hard that the skin was going to come flying off. It was, I was so excited to put that out, uh, into the world for sure. Um, what else? Uh, I really enjoyed doing, I don't know, like what, what else is really, I mean, when some, when someone bought when I saw someone buy merch and show a picture to me the first time, I think it might've been Harrison Lee, one of the first patrons of the project. He bought a shirt pretty much immediately. That gave me warm and fuzzies that I don't experience very often. And I'm not a very emotional guy in terms of like being excited or whatever, but like that was really incredible. I'd also say when I crossed a thousand subscribers on the day of the night, 2019 draft was also really amazing. Um, you know, popping champagne on my, on my balcony in Toronto at the time. I think you can still find that video while it's still up. Uh, I think it might've been on Twitter. Um, that was really, really cool. Uh, and, and what better day to do it than on draft day? Um, what else? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of them. There's, there, there's been a lot of them and, uh, Hmm. I think those are the ones that come to mind right away. Also, I had a lot of fun editing together the intro of the Bobby Brink video with the Bobby Break Body Break song. That was a lot of fun. And I just, while I was watching Bobby Brink play, I just went, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the Body Break song. It's going to be so funny. And I, I might be the only one who laughs, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Body Break song and just put Bobby Brink's name over the front of it just because it's so good. Um, I'm so pumped. Uh, and that was, that was really, really fun. Um... And it's also really fun for me once in a while to look back on the live stream I did for the 2019 draft because I was very dumb at the time. I was a very dumb boy and and reacted in ways that I certainly would not do anymore. Um, so that was also a lot of fun to look back on uh, as well. Um, 
Do you have any thoughts on Henry Thrun? His NCAA production has been impressive and the Sharks recently traded for his rights. I've been asked about Henry Thrun a lot. I've, 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 I've watched a little bit of him. He's fine. He's not phenomenal. I think he's a decent skilled defenseman. I, I think his skating will hold him back. I've never been a huge fan of Henry Thrun, but like, again, you didn't pay much to get him. See what happens. I, I don't know. I could see a role for him in the NHL as sort of a, a, a defense first sort of skilled breakout defenseman with some offensive tools, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see like a massive upside guy there uh, personally. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Svoboda for the Youngstown Phantoms? His, him and Mishak play a similar game, but I seem to notice Svoboda more when he's on the ice. That's fair. I really like Brandon Svoboda. He's ranked on my list. Um, I like him. He's, he's, he's intense at both ends, you know, pretty skilled, but I, I think, I think with Mishak, I see him as bit, a bit of a like ramped up Svoboda. I know Mishak's been playing with Youngstown for quite a while. If you look at the deeper metrics between the two of them, Mishak is the better player, but they've been comparably productive. Um, but Mishak, I think, does plays a similar role, but a little bit better, especially off the puck. But I, I really like Svoboda, and I think that there's a lot of upside for him. You give him some years, and I think you could end up with a really good sort of two-way power, power forward, whether he's a center or a winger. Um, I think he could do either. Um, got some physical tools to him as well. I, I like Svoboda and, and, and he's been a guy that I've had in my back pocket all season. Um, is Axel Sandy Pelica or David Reinbacher defensive number one for 23? And are there others you would take in the first round? Well, for me, Simashev, Dmitry Simashev is number one. Um, but Sandy Pelica, Gulyayev and Reinbacher for me are really close. Uh, it depends on what you want really in a defenseman. Um, do you want more offense and sacrifice defense? Do you want a really gifted skater with a lot of skill, uh, you know, and a, and a, and a pretty good shot from the point? Do you really, do you just want an effective guy who maybe could play in your middle pair? Like take what you want. Um, but those guys are all, I'd say comparable. Uh, thoughts on the Mikhailov and Klimovich duo. They're great. They're both really good. I really like Klimovich. I really like Mikhailov. I think Mikhailov is, maybe a bit of a smarter puck mover. Like in terms of his skill, he uses it a little bit better. The intensity of Klimovich's game and the body positioning and just the raw pace of it, I think is really impressive. Um, they're both on my list and they're fun. Um, how have your abilities of evaluating projected players to the NHL level changed since you started tracking? Um, I am a lot more tepid with my projections. Uh, I definitely also value defensive play a lot more from defensemen especially i've definitely sort of changed gears thinking a lot less about always looking for guys that drive the offensive metrics and really just looking for guys that drive overall results in the right direction right like for example uh caden gooley is probably the best example like caden gooley's defensive game at the time i think i gave him a 1b in the get category and I had him in the second round and I sort of look back on that and go, yeah, like he's a defenseman who's really, really good at defending. So why would you not draft that in the first round? Right? Like, and I think in the NHL, he has had a lot of success defensively, but not so much offensively at five on five. And that's fine. Then that's okay. But if you paired him with the right person and simplified his game on breakouts and, and everything, then yeah, you could easily see a good defensive player there and he's got a pretty good shot from the point, you know? Um, and I think, I think that that's a really good example of looking at where players are really good 
and saying, well, this can be the role that they play very, very well. And just because they're deficient in other areas doesn't mean that they should be devalued. And so for me, that really equalizes a lot of guys in my mind in terms of a group of 15 guys together where I'm going, you know, some of these guys are a little riskier, but the talent they've got is really good. These other guys, like they're more dependable and you don't have to worry so much about bad decisions or overhandling or, or poor shot selection, but you're not going to like get them moving the needle a whole lot. They're just kind of going to be stoppers and, and being able to look at those two things in conjunction and understanding like, you know, you can make an argument that's perfectly reasonable for either makes things make a little bit more sense to me. Now, I do think I, I, I mean, there, I look at my board this year already and I see a group of guys in the late first, early second in Wood, Hansik, Strammel, uh, and Dvorsky, I would say all crammed together. Could they be NHL third line guys? Sure. Absolutely. I can't say they won't be that, but I also watch them play as they are now. And I go, okay, I'm going to file these guys away. I'm going to file these dudes away and say, let's see where they're at in five years. And, and I think I'll learn a lot from that practice because I, it'll be an interesting idea of like how much players can develop into the frames they have. Right. But at the same, on the same token, I look at a guy like Daniil Boot and I see a guy who really struggles to make good decisions consistently with the puck. A guy who I think defensively could be a lot more engaged than he is for a guy his size. But the skill level you see and the shooting talent is so good that you kind of just go... And I think that he's ahead of those other larger players that I mentioned. But I look at him and I go, yeah, you know, like... I could see there being a lot of value extracted out of this guy. And it's clearer to me with him than guys like Strammel or Hanzik or Wood or whatever, because those guys kind of struggle to drive results at five on five. And you can see why. So you're kind of hoping that they learn how to get to that point. Whereas for Daniel Boot, you kind of see him at five on five driving really good results, especially at the junior level. And in the KHL, he's holding his own. Um, and you see the shot, you see the ability to get the puck in front of the net and, and distribute to his line mates. And you kind of go, okay, like we'll see how far he goes. And so I'm not done, you know, like I'm not done learning. It's just been a matter of like finding the balance between different traits. And that always has been the challenge really, to be honest. Uh, So yeah, it's always been, it's always been something that has been something that I've been learning, right? Like it's always an ongoing process and I always just back check, uh, to steal the term. I just go back in the, over the years and kind of go, okay, like how did this player come along? How did this player come along? How did this player come along? And where was my evaluation on this guy and this guy and this guy? And I believe still that I'm like more often than not on the right path when I trust my own gut. Like, I think the lesson I've learned over the years, especially with the tracking data that I have is to trust myself. 
I think, I think there was a period where I talked to other people to learn and listen to what they had to say about certain players and where we disagreed and blah, blah, blah. And I've had time to sort of look at them and relative to what other people were saying about them and looking at the data that I had. And I look back and I go, well, I'm not surprised that things have gone this way based on how I saw them when they were 17. That's not always the case, but to me, it's given me the ability to look back and go, okay, I can at least trust myself in situations where I feel like I've seen a player a lot and my gut instinct is pretty good. So that's another thing I think that's also kind of come a ways. Projection, I think, is always tough because it also really depends on the team they're going to and who they get played with in the NHL. Like, to me, to me, this is about constructing a lineup, right? It's All of this is about constructing a lineup. And you can combine guys who do certain things very well but if they don't complement each other very well they're not going to drive good results so you have to find out where those weak links are and how to patch those holes so for me in my work i always look for guys that have as few holes as possible when they're 17 and play with enough pace where i'm sitting there going like yeah when when you ramp things up to the nhl i feel like these guys won't have a problem keeping up won't have a problem making plays at high speeds won't have a problem forechecking at high speeds, won't have a problem adapting to changes in the flow of play at high speeds. That's been sort of the thing that I always have sort of solidified as a major part of my philosophy. So so those are all kind of things, just nebulous ideas that that I've learned a lot about over the years. And, and it's really hard to pinpoint certain things because this is also a very inexact science. I, I tell people all the time, this is like financial analysis, right? Like to me, I think of myself as like a, a a bank that's doing an analysis of oil stocks in Venezuela, right? Like you can make bets, you can you can make really good analysis, but there's always going to be uncertainty and you have to allow for that. And it's at a certain point you have to go, I don't know, like I, I don't know, like at a certain point you kind of have to look at it and go, I don't know, but I think these guys are pretty good. Like, you know, for me, the NHL draft is about not drafting players, uh, about about, a, about who not to draft and going, well, here's a handful of guys that I think are good. So let's take who we, th- you know, let's take who we think is the best fit for what we kind of value of these players. And, and, and that tends to be the case that, that tends to work out. Right. And some of them may work, some of them may not, but you know, you have that batch, right. And you have that confidence in that group of players and you just watch other teams take other players and go, yeah, I don't think I would have done that. I don't think I would have done that. And then and then you kind of go, okay, here's where we go from there. Here's where we go from our pick. Um, I don't know. It's a very complicated question to me because there's a lot of uncertainty in this business, just like there's a lot of uncertainty in pretty much anything that involves projection and and analysis and, and investment, really. Like, this is an investment project. Um, could you please become the head scout of the Penguins? Well, if you want to lobby for that privately – Feel free to go right ahead, because I I would love to 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 dig the the penguins into the next era, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, one last question, but but if you can get to it, what are your thoughts on Rasmus Sandin in twenty eighteen and today? They're pretty much the same, like a good skilled defenseman. Um, nothing super fancy about him, but he's just very effective. You know, good stick checker, good body positioning, um, all around good. I'm baffled that the Toronto Maple Leafs traded him. Like, I know the rationale is where is he going to play, but, like, Mark Giordano's pushing 40. He's not going to be there forever. And, like, maybe Rasmus Sandin asked for a trade, but I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to really struggle to field a team this competitive 
in the future. And I feel like they took a lot away from their roster by giving up on Pierre Engvall and giving up on Rasmus Sandin and bringing in a bunch of expiring contracts. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Toronto over the next few years. But again, I've said it a bunch of times. I think I, I, I've said it a bunch of times that it feels like the Toronto Maple Leafs went into this trade deadline thinking Austin Matthews was 30 years old and in a contract year. And this was their last kick at the can. And it isn't. And I thought Rasmus Sandin, like, you know, you got Jake McCabe for a couple of years. But to me, if you have Jake McCabe as, say, a bottom pair guy who plays on your top penalty kill and Rasmus Sandin is on your second pair left side when Mark Giordano eventually retires, or when Mark Giordano, like, can be a guy that moves up and down the lineup, or someone else could probably play their offside, what's wrong with that? But clearly the Leafs disagree and maybe he just was like, I want to go home. I want to go away from here and good for him in Washington. He's, he's doing, doing well. Uh, will Sh- Sasha Shmolevsky transition to the NHL? I mean, the clock's ticking. It's coming, it's coming down to it. I would say, um, do you have any thoughts on this year's NCAA free agents? Uh, I don't think there's that many that I would really put my name behind. Uh, there's a guy I like Austin Swankler. If he leaves uh, Bowling Green, I like uh I like Colin Graff. I don't think he's going to be a free agent, but I like him. Uh there was one that I was I mean, there is a kid in Arizona State who I think will probably stay. Tim Lovell, he's a defenseman. I liked him as well. Uh NCAA free agents. Um there's a guy who's on North Dakota. Austin something who I liked last year. And I think he's graduating this year. He's like 28 years old, though. So I don't know if he's like really going to be anything at this point. Uh, What's his name? What's his name? He's probably the oldest guy on the team. Uh, Oh, he's gone. Weird. I'm I'm, I'm out of of the loop here. Um, Ashton Calder. That's the guy. Where is he now? Oh, he's at Penn State. He transferred again. Okay, weird. Um, I've kind of dug him as a goal scorer. That could be fun. Um, but any, I don't know. There's not, there's not a ton, but he's also 25, um, or 26, whatever. Okay. Bosnia is in the Balkans. Good to know. I, I, I didn't know if it was too far inland to be considered a Balkan state, but thank you. I, that makes sense. Um, who do you have for Michigan versus Minnesota? Top three, five, three to five players in the matchup. Well, I mean, Cooley, Nyes, Snuggerud is a hell of a line. And then you've got Fantilli. Uh, I mean, it's it's a good that's going to be a good one. I mean, I probably would put. I mean, I was watching Minnesota not too long ago, and I just feel like they might have an edge over Michigan, but that's going to be a heck of a series. Any thoughts on Zeev Booyam? Yeah, he's freaking sick. Uh, I really like Zeev Booyam. I think he's another guy for next year that I've really liked. If he was draft eligible this year, I think he'd be maybe in my first round, probably. Yeah, he's really good. Um, how how well will Macklin Celebrini do with Boston University next season? Probably very well. Probably very well. Ooh, what's your favorite chair? Great question. Uh, my favorite chair. Um, oh, this one over here. Uh, if I can, I, I can't show it to you, but I have this, my parents have this old, uh, old brown leather chair. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if I should. I guess I can. Uh, that brown leather chair there, it has an ottoman with it. 
that you can see there, it's the best. Is the best. Oh. Is the... Oh, I ruined the show. I ruined everything. There. We'll leave it like that. Um, that's a great chair. It's one of my favorites. It's great for slouching in. The scouch slouch. Uh, it's a classic. Um, it's been reupholstered twice. That's how you know it's good. Um, it's pretty good. I also loved my old couch that we had upstairs here. Uh, it had to go because it just didn't fit with the room. And it was from when I first moved out of my parents' house eight years ago. Uh, it was from Ikea. It was black leather. The cushion zipped off of it, which was awesome and handy. Um, it was really low to the ground, but it was like, it was comfy and had a nice little, you know, a nice little like feel to it. It was great. Uh, loved it. Uh, but it had to go and it went to a, a nice home somewhere. Uh, someone came and picked it up and it went to a nice home and I hope they're using it well. Uh, and no, I did not leave it in poor condition for them. It was in wonderful, wonderful condition, um, except for a coffee stain here and there. But in any case, uh, but I probably give it to that one because that one makes me feel like a king, a lazy king. It's the la there, there's the name for the chair, the lazy king. It's great. In fact, I might go sit on it later tonight um, and reflect on my experience on this wonderful channel over the last few years. Any regrets from the scouting project? Um, I wish I shut up a few years ago a lot i i wish i stopped thinking i knew everything um like definitely definitely was a little bit you know overconfident in data in hockey for sure um and that is something i think i regret but also, like, to get your channel off the ground, sometimes you have to do that, you know? Um, I I think also, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I did it about the right way, though. You know, I, I, I started small and pretty limited, learned a lot from that process in 2019. COVID happened. I was able to really expand the tracking project. Um, so I've learned a lot through that. And, and just kept adding and adding to my tracking document of like, okay, well, here's an area that I, that I wanted to look into more. Here's another area I wanted to look into more. Here's another area I wanted to look into more. And so just expanding it a lot more to make it more comprehensive without adding too much work to my plate. It's been a lot of fun, uh, to do. And I think in terms of regrets, um, I mean, I, I, I'm also, I kind of regret not being a better like host of others, I didn't really collaborate with that many people, but I think that's also just me. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm very extroverted on the channel because I'm presenting all my work to you and I'm talking to you all, but I'm not super outgoing in real life. I, I mean, I have people come up to me in the office and go, I didn't even know you had like a sense of humor and I'm going, well, you know, I probably have the strangest sense of humor of anyone in the office, but like, I don't really am outward with it. I'm not super comfortable doing that. And so when it comes to like bringing people onto my show or like collaborating with people or like scheduling things and like really sort of working with others in the media world, it's just, that's outside my comfort zone. So it was really tough for me to do that, but I feel like had I done it more, this probably would be further along. 
Um, which is, you know, also part of the reason why I'm just kind of switching things up a bit moving forward. That's really a, 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 a bit of a part of it. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know, like the regrets that I think I have are things that I would be bad at if I tried, right? Like more, you know, more stuff where I interact with, with fans and like more content and like all that stuff. Like in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, man, I, I wish I just had more to show to people. But over the years, I've just consistently been like, I just really like studying and I really like watching the game, seeing the data, watching these players play, talking to scouts, talking to NHL people, talking to people in the scouting community, just, just, just really getting into the nitty gritty of this stuff and not having to worry. I mean, I love doing the live stream. It's great. The, the videos are really fun to put together, but it's like a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot. And it just, again, it, it's like, it took me a long time, I think, to be comfortable in front of a camera. You know, like it, it took a long time and a lot of wood, 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 wood shopping, wood sh work shopping and a lot of, a lot of time, right? Like it, it just cause that's who I am again. And, and again, I don't, I don't, I try not to let it go to my head, like outside of this, like I'm not any different in person. Um, but in any case, I'm really, I'm really happy with the general path, I would say. Um, and I think that before this season started, I, I was asking around with some people about where I go from here and the growth potential. And, and I just, I, I just wasn't really satisfied with where things were going and satisfied with where I was with regards to this work and, and, the ch and, and everything mentally. So, um, and I don't think that's, that's anything I like regret. I just think that it's time to, uh, you know, move on to different stuff and, and, and be happy with how I've done over the years. And I think more than anything, I'm happy with how much I've learned, um, and how much I've just grown to love this sport even more. Uh, you know, it has its warts, it has its problems. And we've talked about that numerous times. Um, and whenever I'm, I'm able, I will be vocal about those issues. I, I, I still am a very vocal supporter of the, of the Toronto six, very vocal supporter of, of the hockey diversity initiative that I've got, uh, on my, on my body right now, the sweater I've got on my body, still extremely comfortable. And it's been through the wash like a hundred times. Um, so good stuff. Uh, you know, I really, I, those are things I'm really passionate about and that, 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 you know, this platform has helped bring those issues to light for me personally, right? Like I am a very privileged person in a very privileged part of the world. And, 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 and there's a lot to learn. And, uh, over the years, that's definitely been a big thing. That's really been a big help for me in this, in this work. Um, I know you asked about regrets, so I kind of went over a few, but I don't, I, I, there, you know, like when I look at it holistically and from a big picture, you know, do I regret not making this into like a John boy media thing? No, not at all. Cause I, I don't think that's who I am. Um, and I, I think when I look back on it, I don't look at myself as a YouTube content creator at the end of the day. I don't, I saw, I always saw YouTube as like a means to an end, right? A way to get my work out there, a way to get feedback and filling a gap where there was one before, right? Like when I started doing this mostly because YouTube was just totally the wild west for this kind of stuff. It was all highlight clips and it didn't take me very long to go. Highlight clips aren't very useful, uh, at all. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, there's not a ton that I regret, there's just some like behavioral things, especially in the early days, uh, that I think I was 
a little bit dismissive. And I, I think I've learned a lot from that experience uh, and, and, and come a ways. Uh, thoughts on Gavin Thorson? Eh, small dude, uh, smart puck mover, but I just feel like there isn't enough pace and speed and skill to sort of overcome the size limitations. He's been a really good college player, though. I feel like he'll get drafted, um, but I'm not in the rush to draft him. Um, will you miss Greg Paterin? I'll... I'll always have Greg Paterin, Greg Paterin, the greatest player of all time. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry about that. Um, will you, uh, who's a gem of yours that everyone was low on that panned out wonderfully? Well, again, I think it's still a little too early to tell, but I think Marakus Nadinov has come a really long way and I feel really good about getting behind him. Uh, he's gotten better and better over the course of this season. Um, I think, um, he's probably, he's probably right up there. Uh, I'm trying to think of others. Um, I mean, I had Jason Robertson, like, top 20 in 2017, and I remember watching him then, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's good. So that one also felt pretty good. But, I don't know, I also look back at 2017 and go, I was also kind of an idiot in some areas. Um, so, it's all about learning, right? Uh, is there anyone else in the prospect world that can fix my need for NHL draft content that you would recommend? The Elite Prospects YouTube channel is really good. Uh, I would also suggest, uh, Graham Slam. I mean, I'm, I'm biased because me and him know each other, uh, not personally, but over, just through scouting work, we know each other, uh, and have talked all the time. He's in here all the time. He's in here now, probably. Uh, and so I would say that those, those are good outlets to get started. Um, but also, you know, look around and, and try stuff, right? Like if there are players you're interested in, I'm sure there's something out there for you to watch, um, so I would highly recommend doing that. I mean, I, I, I'm sure someone will come along who carries the torch and does a better job than I probably could. Um, what does the team scouting prospect pool look like now? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I still think a lot of guys that I really like are playing in men's leagues and not playing a ton of minutes and that kind of deflates their production levels. Um, but I also feel like that's also some coping in some cases. Alexis Gendron is doing really well. Um, Ethan Cardwell has had a really good overage season. Uh, Jean-Luc Foudy's had a really good AHL season. Um, Lucas Gustafson as a freshman has also been really good. Uh, I still like Brady Burns, even if he's just a, an overager who's doing okay. Um, I'm still a fan of Simone Robertson. I, I think he's just, he's just a long, slow burn, but he's gotten better. Daniil Gustin has gotten better and better over the course of the year. Tyler Duke, I think, is the fifth youngest player in the NCAA this year and led his team in, in shot attempt percentage. Just a lot of fun. Uh, Nick Robertson injuries. Rodion Amirov, obviously a brutal, uh, brutal turn of events with him. Um, but, I mean, this is it, right? These are the guys. Uh, I still stand my boy, Yegor Suchkov. Uh, I still stand my boy. Um, Vladimir Grudinin, I thought also when I've watched him this year, I'm going, yep, he's still Vladimir Grudinin. Like, I think there's a lot of potential for him. Uh, Alex Poshin has had an okay season. I liked Rhett Pitlick. I think he's better than his production indicates. Um, and there's a bunch that are just kind of guys, you know, but that's okay. It's a dra It's the NHL draft. A lot of them are going to be guys, but I still believe Jerry Turkalainen deserves a contract. I still believe Linus Newman should get a look somewhere at some point. Um, and Jonathan Dolan, I'm still thinking that he, there was something there, but it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, and Dmitry Timoshev also looks really good in the SHL this year. Uh, bu 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 bu
What was the rationale between trading Sandine and, and Engval? Oh, that was a question at someone else. You may or may not realize your weekly streams help people going through some tough times. I'm really happy to hear that. It, they helped me, man. Like, COVID was really hard. Um, I I was much more conservative with my, my COVID strategy personally. Uh, and that's hard. That was hard to do for a lot, uh, a long time. Um, like once, uh, until, until like that second booster or that second, that second shot came, it was, it was really hard. Um, and I'm sure like, I, I'm really happy that, that, that that's the case for some people. I mean, I, it, they, it helped me again. Like this whole project started because, uh, again, most of this, most of this started because I had some really tragic things happen to my family and my life. And, it, it helped me, you know, it was sort of something I was guided towards, uh, you know, by, by professional help, uh, that, that really sort of moved my brain power into an area where I could, I could spend my time and, and feel like my, my life mattered a lot more to, to myself, you know, like I, 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 I just kind of felt like I was floating around and then bang, 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 a bunch of stuff happens and you're like, well, holy crap. Like, what do I, like, I'm in this like, you know, crisis mode. Uh, and then this comes out of it. And, and I always, always try to project being positive and calm and, uh, rational, uh, mo as much as I can. Right. I, I think that there's this epidemic of everything needs to be on and switched on and, and correct and, definitive all of the time and everybody has to be right all of the time and everything and it's just a lot and i've never been comfortable thinking that way but it seems like that's what everyone seems to be thinking and maybe i'm old right i i'm sure i'm a lot older than a lot of my audience but that you know to me i i i like to explain my ideas carefully you know i i like to you know really try to get my point across logically and, and, and not get caught up in the hot takes and not get caught up in the craziness because it just mentally is too much. Like it's just too much mentally. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really great to hear that from you. Uh, I I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, and yeah, I, I trust me, it's a two way street, right? Like I've been through some stuff, especially since the COVID pandemic started. Um, and I'm glad to be some, whatever it is, whatever it is to you. I'm, I'm glad to be that. Even if, even if I'm a face you put on your dartboard, uh, and, and throw darts at in the middle of the night, uh, that's cool too. Right. That, that I'm cool. That's, that's fine. You know, uh, who's the mean defenseman you like Brady Cleveland. That's the one he's fun. Who are the two best players besides the elite four? <laughs> nice. Bedard, Mitchkov, Carlson, Fantilli. I mean, I would throw, uh, in that list, I would throw, Moore, what was the list you gave me? Yeah, I'd throw Moore, Smith. The two best players? Yeah, I'd say Moore and Smith. Just they're so fun. They're great. Uh, who is the best name on your draft board? Oscar Fisker Molgard. It's just fun to say. It's a really fun name to say. William Whitelaw sounds like William Wallace, which is also a nice, a nice one. There's a kid named Denver Barkey. That's great. Uh, there's an Ignat in there. That's fun. Uh, what else? I mean, Oliver Bonk. I mean, that speaks for itself. Is just Bonk. Uh, how far do you think Simashev could fall? Someone must bet on the upside. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, I would think so. He checks a lot of boxes for NHL teams, so I'd be surprised if he fell, uh, too far. 
but like mid late first, I I I'd be I wouldn't be surprised, but I'd be like, yeah, we should probably draft this guy because he could be a really good defender. Uh, any updates to the goalie data? No, I actually it's <laughs> unfortunately it's been on my schedule to do, uh, and uh, before the end of the month I'll do it uh, in my own time. But uh, nothing updated yet. But um, Michael Robles had a rough back half of the year. I'll say that much. Um, will the Twitter stay active? Any social media so we can stay in touch? Unf Again, no. It's 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 the slate is going to be gone. I gotta I gotta I gotta take some time away, set some things in order, and I'm off doing something else. I think that's I think that's the plan. Um, so yeah, no. It's it's uh, you know, I I've decided the main thing is I'm playing the long game here. You know, I I I've you know I know where I want to go. I think I know how to get there. I, I have my own reasons and I'll keep it that way. And, and yeah, I, again, and part of, you asked about social media specifically. There is a part of this that social media is a reason why I'm doing this. There's a thread of that. It's not the reason it's not the thing, but again, it goes back to what it takes to have a social media presence that is you know growing and healthy and something that I can sink time into mentally just I can't and I don't have the the resources to like hire a bunch of people to help me I just don't so unfortunately that's that again different game plan you know taking some time away whatever um Oh, we oh Raybro, man, my my buddy Raybro. Uh, final is Sean Barron's thoughts. He falls down a lot, bro. Uh, he still falls down a lot. No, I'm kidding. I mean, he's fine. He's a good skilled kid, you know. Like, I don't know if he's like this incredible NHL defenseman one day, but he's a good guy with some skill. I don't know. He's still Sean Barron's to me. Do, do, do. favorite team uh oh favorite team favorite player favorite prospect over the years and when you get okay favorite team i mean right now i really enjoy watching the buffalo sabers uh i i i i i don't know it just in terms of vibes and like jersey design and like I'm biased towards the Minnesota Wild because I'm a big Judd Brackett fan, but Minnesota is probably in that list. And I, I've never been to Minnesota, but I think I'd love it there. Um, fav pro favorite prospect over the years? I mean, again, to watch just play hockey, probably Marat Kuznodinov. Favorite player? I mean, Connor McDavid. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, got, I, it's, ba it's basic, but Connor McDavid. Uh... Fun fact, since Shakir Mukamadoulin is in North America full-time, EP wrote in his draft year that he had the single worst performance they'd ever seen. Yes, he was not very good at times in his draft year. I remember that very clearly. He was objectively not good. Uh, but time will tell. Which prospects would you love to interview if given a chance from this year's draft and why? Um, I'd love to pick I'd love to pick Matt Vemichkov's brain. I would love to talk to Andrew Crystal. I'd love to talk to Jaden Perron. Uh, just because, I mean, in Mitchkov's case, I want to know what the difference was in his game that he thinks happened between St. Petersburg and Sochi. For guys like Crystal and Perron, I would really want to know what they evaluate their weaknesses as and, like, how 
Like I'd push them to be like, look, you're offensive kids, but like there are some issues. Right. And I, I wonder if they would be able to identify them and like, you know, how they feel like they understand what they need to do to get better. Um, I'd love to interview like William Whitelaw would be another really good one. Cause I feel like if you pushed his buttons a little bit and like put him on the defense, I'd be very curious to see how he handled it and how he responded because he's a guy that I think has a ton of talent, like as high a ceiling as a lot of players in this draft in the first round just hasn't really figured out how to maximize it yet. And I would love to know where he's at with that. Those are the, I mean, those are probably the guys that I jump at right away. Um, yeah. Uh, how far away is Wallstead from the NHL? I mean, I, I, I don't see any rush to bring him into the NHL. I would think that next year he's maybe a guy they call up if they need to, but I would think after next season, all bets are off. Uh, and Greg Paterin puts it very factually. He's one league away. It's true. He's one, one injury away, probably two injuries. Maybe, uh, is the channel going to be deleted or will it stay up and just be inactive? Okay. Yeah. So as the stream got started, I made all my videos private. Uh, I will be starting a process between now and the end of the month of taking everything down. It's, it's, I mean, I'll still be able to have access to it, but until maybe in the future, this comes back, uh, that's, that's going to be, that's, it's going to be all gone. It's going to be as if I didn't exist, uh, partially, you know, partially because I hope that I can keep refining what I do, uh, and, and get more active in the hockey community, uh, directly, um, and that requires some level of, of extreme privacy, I guess you could say. Um, but that's a long ways away. I really need to, I just need to get away, you know, redo some stuff, rethink some stuff and, uh, have some me time, you know, uh, been inspired, been an inspiration for a while. Oh, you're very, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I am, I am moving into something different. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long few years of learning and, 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 and time and content creation and all that stuff. It's been great. Um, but it is, uh, you know, new challenges await. Um, don't know what they are specifically, but they're definitely out there for sure. Top three QMJHL players for this year. If you have any, <laughs> uh, Mohan is one of them. Probably. I like Tyler pedal. Um, I mean, Ethan Goche, I guess. Yeah. Those guys, maybe Matthew Catterford. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Those four. We'll say those four. Thank God Alexi Gendron got drafted last year. Uh, what's your opinion on the CHL versus USHL and NCAA? CHL seems to be losing a lot of Canadian players lately and more recently guys like Zach Morin. Ah, uh, I mean, college is a pretty enticing argument. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to see more players looking that direction. The USHL, I think, is very competitive. Um, I think the CHL is not competitive enough anymore. Um, you know, I think the U S junior teams can keep up just fine with, with Canadian teams these days. When you look at the world juniors and everything, um, I'm not, I mean, I don't know if I was an agent or a family advisor or whatever you want to call it, the NCAA is not a bad way to go. You know, like you get really well-funded programs, you get a great student life experience at most of these universities. Um, you get an unbelievable fan experience on like anything really, um, you know, America, I think one thing America does have going for it for all of its warts, there are some absolutely beautiful places to go to school down there. There are some absolutely beautiful places to live, uh, that have college campuses. It's a beautiful country to travel in and see the sort of natural, 
beauty in the country. Um, and it's a, it's, I think just, it's a really good place to be for an, a student athlete. Whereas the CHL, I mean, you know, you get drafted when you're 16 and, and you got to move to somewhere else. You might even have to cross provincial lines. You got to live in the middle of nowhere. In some cases, you got to play for half empty barns. The teams are often run a little bit questionably. Um, it's just, it seems like for college, it's a very attractive option. And the USHL is a pretty good league, you know? Um, ideally, how many games would you like to watch of a player in the year if you could do it full-time and realistically? Well, the data tracking, everything kind of stabilizes around fifth, uh, around the fifth round or fifth game. I mean, I don't, I watch a lot more games of guys than just tracking them. I might see a guy play maybe if I really have seen a lot of them, like 10 or 12 times, maybe. Um, I also watch a lot of guys doing very specific things just to see how they do at those, at those specific things. Um, the, uh, oh, the Sabres make me sad. That's too bad. Is there any chance we do, we see you do a live stream at some point in the future? Or is this it? So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 99% sure this is going to be it. Uh, I'm out, uh, at the end of the month. That's it. Um, I'd love, I, I don't know if, if there's a way to make it happen. Sure. Um, but as of right now, yeah, no, uh, sorry for the Youngstown questions. I don't mind Youngstown questions. They're a ton of fun to watch nowadays. Uh, do you see anything in Lachance? I have my doubts about his pace and speed. Uh, I don't remember that player off the top of my head. Again, I keep going back to like the guys on that team that I really have caught my eye like Svoboda is a guy Lachance is not one of them but I can check him out um oh I've been here since 2020 thank you very much that's great uh I I I appreciate it um are you worried about any of these top guys being overhyped Bedard Fantilli oh gosh uh it is a difficult question to answer um I mean I got to be very careful with how I choose my words. With Connor Bedard, I think he's going to be a fantastic offensive NHL player. In the same way, I think, like, Patrick Kane is an insanely good offensive NHL player. Like, I think Bedard has a, a better shot, maybe, like a pure shooter. But I think Connor Bedard will have some lessons to learn to play his style in the NHL. He's, you know, he is a smaller player. He is fast. And very skilled, his but but he, you know, he is very prone to overhandling. He's very prone to blah 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 blah. It's gonna come down to lessons and and how much he's able to like fit in as a unit, more than anything. Fantilli, I mean, I think if you look at the details, Fantilli's gonna be a great NHL player. And I think with Bedard, it doesn't take much of anything to see. Okay, this guy's gonna score points in the NHL, right? It's gonna happen. And I mean, it, it depends on what your expectations are, right? Like, do you expect Connor Bedard to be as good as Connor McDavid? I, I might put him just shy of Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews, I think him and Austin Matthews like complement each other decently well. But I think that's going to be close. Adam Fantilli, again, I keep saying Mike Medano, and I feel like if you if you know if you look at Mike Medano's career. You can easily look at it and go, well, why do people like him so much? He was like under a point a game in his career, blah, blah, blah. But like you ask Dallas Stars fans who remember watching him, they will tell you why he was the captain of the team for so long. And I see a lot of the similar traits in Fantilli if he comes along well. 
it's a tall order to ask because Mike Bandano is like a Hall of Fame guy, but I think he could get there. It's they're just really talented players, but talent is only one part of it, right? The 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 talent is the talent is just part of it. There's so much more to it. Uh, the same is kind of true in the U.S. Though there's no hockey in the West. Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but I mean more in uh. I don't remember what that might be in reference to with regards to NCAA in college, but I, 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 we might have to pick this up afterwards. In any case, uh, yeah, in the, 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 the Western States, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is, there is areas of the States where there isn't hockey, but when I'm, what I mean is like, when you look at the NH, when you look at junior players in the States and the best that they can put together and the kids that go to college, they're just as good as the Canadians. I would say there might not be as many of them, but their best can absolutely keep up uh, and and beat Canadians if they need to, um, and it doesn't like and so I think in the USHL there are fewer players to select from, but I still think like sixty junior teams at the top level in Canada is way too many, uh, and having twelve in the US makes a lot more sense, and you split them by level, but in any case, uh, it, you know it is what it is, and I think honestly. I get the argument uh, that that there's a lot of attractive reasons why players would go to the States. Uh, top defenseman in the draft. I mean, I have Dmitry Simashev. Is Reinbacher overrated? If he's in the top 10, that's a little high for me. Um, oh, you're referring to Canadian kids having to move out into the middle of nowhere and such. Yeah, that's true. But also in the States, it often is not by draft. I mean, there is a USHL draft, but a lot of the times USHL teams really push themselves to to sell themselves to the to the players um I, I don't know i just feel very very strangely about the chl and having drafts where they take 16 year olds and and move them all over the place like i guess in the states there is something similar but i don't know it just feels it just feels very strange the way we do it in canada especially with that many teams anyways uh is ryan Bacher overrated yeah if he's in the top 10 i think that's a little high but top 20, I think, is reasonable. I've got him top 25, and and I think a decent middle pair guy is kind of reasonably expected. Uh, Formula One this weekend. True. Yeah, we're racing in Jetta. Hopefully McLaren can get to a full race distance. Trust me. More than anybody, I really want, I really want that to happen, too. I really hope so. Uh, any good defenseman that you think could be drafted outside the top 64 yet may still be NHL defenseman? Uh, hmm. Well, uh, I, I like Jakob Dvorak, and I feel like because of his injuries and stuff, he could go later. He could be an interesting option. I like Matthew Mania and Andrew Strothman. They're, they got high ceilings, but they got a long way to go. Caden Price, I feel like, could go outside the first two rounds and hit a ton of his upside. He's a very young player, but I think there's a lot to work with. He's frustrating, but he's got some talent uh who else i mean that's mostly i don't know there's uh, albert vickman's a good defensive defenseman brady cleveland maybe but i feel like someone's gonna draft him pretty high um okay i think i'm gonna call it i think we've caught up with all the questions so once again uh once again thank you so much this has been just an unbelievable five six whatever year period it is um, I, I really don't know what to say. It's, it's been incredible. Um, it, it, it is, it's time, you know, for me again, this is more about feeling like I've kind of hit a wall with this and, and for my own personal growth 
it's time to sort of move on to different stuff. Um, thank you very much. This is, this has really, really been great. Um, I, I, you know, I, I hope that I can stay working in hockey in some way. Um, and I hope that, you know, someday you see me somewhere else. I don't know, maybe. Um, but I still, I mean, I'll be at the draft. So if you want to hang out by all means, you know, reach out. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that experience goes. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I really, really appreciate it. Everybody who's been a Patreon supporter, everybody who's been in the Discord server, everybody who's a YouTube member, uh, even people just who watch this stuff, even if all you do is watch during June uh, when it's draft season, um, it's really been incredible. Uh, I, I've learned a lot myself. I've matured a lot as a person. I've grown a lot. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's really, it's really, really been amazing. And um I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to turn off the camera, unfortunately, but I, it, it is time to do so again, the, the timing, it's more about the timing. I just, uh, with, with me wanting to keep my data very private and close to my chest this season, I've been very hesitant to tease content that at the end of the day, I think would just not turn out the way I want it to turn out. And I don't, I don't want to do that to my audience. I, I have a brand and I, I, I would rather either not do it or stick to it rather than find some sort of weird middle ground. Um, and yeah, someone mentioned locked on sharks. I told JD last night, it was probably my last podcast appearance. So we, we tried to go out with a bang. Um, and I, I always have a lot of fun with that, with that guy uh, over there. He's a, he's a classic. Uh, if you don't listen to locked on sharks, uh, it's a great show even if you're not a Sharks fan, it's really, really enjoyable. And, and JD's a fantastic guy. Um, and I always was really, really happy to be on that show because he was just an amazing host. And and, and, I, and I think he liked having me on. Um, but in any case, uh, really, honestly, take care of yourselves. Stay hydrated. Uh, you know, be nice to each other. Be kind to people. Uh, that's all I can really ask. Um, you know, look, uh, I hope I don't disappear forever. Um, but for now... Uh, it's going to be it. And I guess, I guess, uh, I guess that we'll see you in the next one. All right. Thank you again so much. Uh, so much from now until the end of the year, I'll still obviously be active in the discord server while I'm taking things down and shutting things down. Um, but it's been an unbelievable ride, uh, and it's time to move on to different stuff. And hopefully, hopefully you see my face somewhere else one day, uh, doing bigger stuff. So thank you very much. And we'll see you in the next one.